from downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, we're getting deep into the Pokemon Violet and Scarlet with Dylan Gregory of Backstage Gaming. And uh, also, there was another Mario trailer. Uh, avant-garde! I stabbed a guy in a game of street hoops. Welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 349. You're here to n- hear Nintendo fans uh, talk some more about this uh, Mario movie here. And of course, go deeper into the world of Pokemon, Scarlet and Violet. And we are your hosts. I'm Trey Choo Choo Chugga 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 Choo Choo Johnson. Is that the Pixie song too? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I'm Jeremy House of Mustache Milkowski. I'm John Aging Ninja Knitter. And we have a special guest this week. Hey, it's me, Dylan Dramahead Gregory. Welcome back, Dylan. It's it's been a minute, but it's yeah. nice to have you on the show again. Yeah, it's good to be back. I'm I'm happy you sent that invite. Yeah. <laughs> how was how uh, it? How's it been going? It's been a it's been a long year. Yeah, it has. It's been honestly, it's been a long week. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving. Um, had to pick up um a Christmas gift for my brother because uh it, the usps didn't want to leave it uh on my doorstep and so that was its own headache and then i got friends and family in town and i'm trying to schedule that while also trying not to get sick but i'm also Mm. fighting a a respiratory infection so it's just it's been like it's been it's been a rough end to the month of november but um otherwise yeah no the rest of the year has been uh pretty smooth but yeah, like like you said, like we've kind of been talking before we started recording. It's it's just been a long year. Yeah, I, I was yeah, I was before we started recording. I was just mentioning that I've been like fighting against. I've been basically fighting with the flu for the past like however many days. So my uh, hasn't been great over here, and now my wife has it too, and mm-hmm. and then they're in like the bad part of it with the fever and all that. So it's like. Uh, yeah, it sucks. Like, we recorded Saturday night for our uh, Patreon episode, which is up now for anybody who's on the Patreon. But uh, basically, a, f- a few hours after that, I, like, threw up like crazy, and I was just, like, insanely sick for, like, the whole day. So it's been... Oh. Uh, it's not been great for me. But I've had <laughs> I've had Pokemon to help me get through it. Were I you, guess. like, fever editing? I, I, well, I, no, I didn't edit until last night, actually, when Good. I was feeling better. Good. But... Uh, but no, I, I had a I had a fever of like I had like ninety nine. Like I we took the thermometer and I had like a fever of ninety nine degrees or whatever. So it was pretty. Uh, my head felt like it was on fire, and I was basically like sleeping and then playing Pokemon when I wasn't sleeping. Is basically what I was doing to try. Were to Were you just dreaming like, about it? To sleep off the flu. <laughs> I did. I did dream about it a couple of times. Yeah, but it was just kind of like yeah. I'm just doing. I was just eating soup and and watching and, and playing Pokemon and sleeping. That's what I've been doing for the past however many days to try to get through this fucking cold. My voice sounds a little bit better, but it's still low. Like, it's still lower than it normally is. But yeah, it's, it sucked. So I haven't played as much stuff as I normally would, but 
But whatever, I still got uh, still got Pokemon to keep me going. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, um, since uh, since you're the guest on the show, Dylan, why did you know we start off our show as we normally do and talk about games that we got and games that we've been playing? <laughs> but let's talk about stuff that you've been playing. I saw I saw there are a couple things. I mean, you know, we're friends on Switch, so I yeah, just get yeah. to spy on your uh, what you do on there. <laughs> but no, I saw you've been playing some games, and of course, like the main one was. Uh, was Pokemon because we talked about it a little bit last week, but it was just me and John, and John's not mm-hmm. really much of a Pokemon person, so we didn't go too too deep into it. Yeah, but go ahead. Where where are you at? Where are you at? And actually, if you want to talk about stuff mm-hmm. that isn't Pokemon before, because I know there's yeah okay. Um, so I guess yeah before before we get into Pokemon, um, the two games I've been playing. This one I've been playing more over the course of like the last few months. Um. But I, I've been playing a, a good deal of uh, Freedom Planet because um, the sequel came out uh, back in September. And so once I thoroughly uh, cleaned that game up, uh, I was feeling super nostalgic for the first one, uh, which I own on PC and Switch. So I, I booted it up on the Switch version and I've been chipping away at that one for a while. Uh, that's that's a good game. Isn't that like the mm-hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog-like game, right? Kind of. I th- Sort of like it was sort of looks like original Sonic on Sega. I, I had this game on Wii U actually. I think it came with like a humble bundle or something. It's it's got a little bit of Rocket Knight in there. It's got a little bit of Mega Man X in there. It's got it's got a lot of stuff you like would not expect at a first glance. Um, so it's it's a really charming little uh, indie game. I, I highly recommend it to anyone who loves the 16-bit era of video games. Yeah, I remember the first one. I think it was on 3DS too, but I, like, I know it was on Wii. I know it was on level. Wii U. I played it on Wii U for sure. But yeah, no, kind of just some of the way some of the backgrounds look. They remind me of that original like Sega Genesis mm-hmm. uh, look, you know, of Sonic the Hedgehog one. What I'm looking is, at here on the on Steam, cool. I really like the yeah. Yeah, had a, really had cool. a lot of that feeling. But yeah, I think it either came with a Humble Bundle or I got it on sale or something. But I played the first one on Wii U, for sure. And I honestly didn't know there was a second one. But it was pretty good at the time. Like, I thought it was really good when it came out. It's got a little bit more than just uh, Sonic to it. It's got a little bit of Mega Man X in it. Uh, insofar as, like, the, the wall jump and some of the enemy design. Um, it's got a little bit of Rocket Knight. Uh, it's got, like, a, a solid handful of, like, a lot of different 16-bit era um, you know, platformer DNA in it. Um, and a little I think... bit of Bubsy, I see. <laughs> Maybe yeah, that's I don't know. a little bit of Bubsy. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, I think you know, mechanically and level design, um, that first game holds up super well. So, like, if you guys have, highly recommend giving it a glance. Um, and then maybe consider checking out Freedom Planet Two when that Switch port drops. I believe they're working on the Switch port. I'd, I'd be shocked if they weren't. Yeah, I'd, I'd be shocked as well. Yeah, I guess it's easy for stuff like this to get lost in the amount of cool retro mm. platformer style yeah. indies there are. But man, I really like the way this looks. Yeah, so. I, I distinctly remember when Freedom Planet One came out. Like it, it certainly had like more of a cult following. Um, but I, it's funny because like I was I was looking up an old Let's Play that was how I heard about the game in the first place and. Just hearing them, uh, the Let's Players talk about it, it really felt like it came out at a time when those indie throwback uh, games were like still kind of a novel concept. Um, so that was like a weird little time capsule to go down. But um, yeah, I, I, I've heard it called uh, the um, Shovel Knight for Genesis Kids. 
Oh, nice. I mean, okay, I mean, okay. that's a that's a very, I mean, that's a very high praise, I think, because, I mean, yeah. I think, I mean, at one point, Shovel Knight was like the indie game, at least for me. I thought, Absolutely. I think it was the one that turned me on to indie games. I'm I like, still oh, love these it. games I, could be really, really yeah. good. I played all the way through it, um, maybe two years ago. Finally, mm-hmm. you know, not not like completionist style, but I, I you know, I got through to the end of it, and it it holds up. Mm-hmm. It's a great game. It's it's a super good game, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Killer soundtrack. I think too. I think Freedom Planet's got a little bit more of like a scrappy underdog vibe to it because mm-hmm. it's like it's not quite as polished as like anything Got Games puts out, but it's got it's got a lot of heart to it. So um, I would be remiss if I didn't plug it uh, while on the show here. For sure. Um, and then the the other game I've been spending a lot of time playing has been uh, Tactics Ogre. Let us cling together, reborn. Nice um which came out yeah after i asked you about the pokemon thing i realized i saw you were playing that too and i was like oh i don't know anybody who's playing that game so we could talk about that yeah um while uh recording for a stream i i learned like oh shit this game came out and i'm uh i feel like i might have said this on the show before but i'm a huge fan of um yasumi matsuno's games uh in particular vagrant story and final fantasy 12 um, I haven't really played a lot of his tactics games. I've played a little bit of Final Fantasy Tactics and uh, Tactics Advance 2, but I never really uh, got super far in those games. Um, so, you know, I decided to give Tactics Ogre a chance, and I don't know if um ever been more immediately grabbed by a uh, strategy RPG. And this is coming from someone who has played and enjoyed almost every Fire Emblem game that's come out in America since 2003. Um, there's just, there's something very satisfying about how character creation is in that game, how um, the positioning in um, of units, the uh, added element of elevation, uh, just a lot of really cool things going on in that game. And I'm still super early in it, but I'm very excited to see where the story is going because um, it's not one of those, like, at least so far, it's not like a super dramatic character driven um, story, at least insofar as like the script goes, but it's an evocative story. There's a lot of interesting implications of, of relationships between characters. Um, so it's real exciting. Um, I, I think like it's it's one of those games that has been on my radar forever now um and it, it's real nice to finally get my hands on it and see what it's all about yeah i mean i've heard people talk like very warmly of uh, tactics ogre like cuz wasn't there there was a remake on psp too right yeah yeah where people really uh talked about that one fairly highly and i've heard people talk about this one pretty highly too the only thing uh i've heard people kind of talk against which i think is a weird choice but mm-hmm. isn't aren't like all the um the pixel arts kind of like has like that smoothed over effect on it. Right. Where you can't really, yeah. Which is weird. Um, and you can't turn that off, I guess. And I, that's how I people get mad about as, that, which I understand yeah. like that. It always kind of feels like there's like Vaseline over everything whenever I see that. And I don't really. Yeah. So the way I looks. don't actually mind it as much as, uh, even I don't really mind the, the pixel remasters for final fantasy. Uh, I guess I should say like, I don't mind it as much as like the mobile ports mm-hmm. for final fantasy. Like, the, the smoothing does look a little off, but like there's three zoom levels for the uh, for the map. And it, it only really bugs me when you zoom it in uh, as close as possible and you see those sprites blown up um, when you zoom out a bit. Uh, all that smoothing kind of gets obscured 
just by the mm-hmm. the shrinking of the sprites. So, um, and then on top of that, it, it kind of does this um, this weird effect where like the closer it gets to the edge of the sprite, the more they let the pixels be jaggy. Um, and it's like the smoothing only happens like the closer you get to the center of the character, which okay. I think is a weird compromise, but it's not one I'm entirely against. Uh, it's it's something that like bugged me at first, but like the more I played, the the more I was able to look past it. I it, it didn't really bother me for too long. Um, and I, I showed those sprites to a friend who's a pixel artist and he was like, OK, this isn't actually as bad as I thought it was going to be. I still have issues with it, but like, you know. <laughs> It, it, yeah, it's it's a very very minor thing. Like I said, it's just like a small little quibble. But I heard the story's really good, and you know, I'm I'm kind of on. I'm not really much of a tactics person, so I haven't really jumped into it. Plus, like, you know, like a million games came out came out in like the past yeah, month, yeah. so it's been like uh, you know. Plus, there's still like whatever. There's that Final Fantasy game coming out, the PSP one, and another Dragon Quest game at the end of the before the end of the year. So. The stuff oh, I was wait, holding shit, out for. That, it's coming out this year, isn't it? Yeah. The well, there's a what is it? Um, wow. Crisis Core uh, Treasures. What's what's the what's the um? Well, Dragon Quest Treasures. Yeah. yeah. Crisis, cr- but what's the other? What's uh, the Crisis PSP Core one? Is the Cr- Final Crisis Fantasy Core, right? VII prequel. Yeah. So that game's yeah. like a week away, and then like Dragon Quest Treasures is a couple weeks away. So there's still like there's still stuff, still stuff coming from Square after all this other. Oh, that's wild. That to think about. Square's been dropping shit like crazy this year, which is great. You know, whatever more power to them. They're like yeah. putting more time in making stuff than figuring out what their titles are going to be. Yeah. yeah. They're like, well, let's call it the dev title and maybe they'll change it. And the fans are always like, we love it. Oh, oh yeah. Project walking whatever. simulator with battle. Con- <laughs> yeah. And they're like, uh, let's not do anything to the font. Let's have all of our fonts be the same. now. <laughs> cool. All right. As long as there's That's at least good. one colon, we're good to go. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I think, um, God, I got to look up what the, the last Star Ocean's title is. But I, I remember reading that one and being like, oh, that's a that's an all right title. Uh, there's Valkyrie Elysium and then there was Star Ocean something, something, something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard I heard that one. The was... Divine Force. That's okay, fine. Okay, I guess. I don't know. I, it, I haven't played that many Star Ocean games. I played a Neither have I. <laughs> first Departure R on Switch, and that one was pretty good. I liked it. I didn't beat it all the way, but I really liked it when I first got it. When I whenever I get to the other game that I've been playing that isn't Pokemon, it has the longest title of all time. So uh, <laughs> it's suspense for that one. <laughs> it's Exciting. an incredibly long title. But um but yeah, no, uh yeah, no, I heard Tactics Ogre was cool. And and you said you didn't it was a PS one game, right? Originally, the first one was? I think it was a Super Nintendo uh game that got a PS one port, which we got in the States. Oh okay. Oh so it was uh, so it was Famicom yeah. then. So what well, so it didn't come out here. Yeah, it was it, Super originally. Famicom. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure what it was originally for. Regardless, mm-hmm. I just heard people talk about it a lot. Like is it being like a very sought after yeah. game and you know I definitely think it's worth the hype. Um again, like I outside of Fire Emblem, I, I don't really play a lot of strategy RPGs. I, yeah, I usually stick to like the more traditional stuff. But like I've gotten such a kick out of like playing with and experimenting with I'm not even really gonna call it uh character builds because it's more like the party makeup. Like I, I'm putting a lot of consideration more into like the entire makeup of my party as one whole unit than like the individual character development, which is what what I feel like Final Fantasy Tactics was more about. It's cool. It's got a different flow to it. Did did you get to try like triangle strategy or like anything? Like it, I felt like this year was the year of uh, 
of tactics did games the for a lot of people. Come out this year as well. It did. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> yeah, at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. But Holy I f- hell! I feel um, like a lot of people who like tactics games have been eating really well this year. Like because mm-hmm. there's been. A I'm I'm happy them. for. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then there there's that, there's that other um, game that came out as well. That's Square Enix. I can't I can't remember what the title was. But, Deal um, Field. There's yeah, Deal Field Chronicles. That was yeah, like a Texas yeah. game too. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I, I played the demo for triangle strategy, but something about it didn't quite click with me. Um, which I guess is why I'm all the more surprised that like, I've really resonated with tactics ogre as much as I have. So yeah, yeah that's all I got to say about that. I but. played a little bit of the demo too, of, of, of triangle strategy and mm-hmm. I, I thought it was cool, but I sucked at it. I got, I like almost died in the very first thing. Like I had one person left that barely, mm. that barely lived. So obviously I suck at tactics. Yeah, that map got that. like surprisingly tough. I think they yeah. did say that they bumped the, the difficulty up for mm-hmm. the demo just so just experiment. Just to weed and... out the, the non-tactics yeah, people yeah, the or filter. whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I mean, what's great about Square Games is a lot of their demos like are like the actual beginning of the game. So it's like, you know, it is mm-hmm. like buying the game. And I think, uh, I think taxes is like that too. They do give you like the first like four hours of the game, like if you would have bought it. So you do get to see like how it would be, you know, and I sucked at it, <laughs> you know? So yeah. Yeah. Same with like Harvestella. And of course, like way back in the day of a uh, dragon quest 11, like where they gave you that meaty, like 10 hour demo that like, uh, yeah, they, they had which gave so you a great. shocking amount yeah. of dragon quest 11 to play. Yeah. I mean, it was, I think I've spent like eight hours on it, but you could like keep going and doing, well, you could do, you know, it, it cuts off on the story, but you could still keep mm-hmm. fucking around like past that, like, yeah, yeah, however long. So I, I love those meaty demos that they do where it's actually just like, it feels like you bought the game and you can just, so then you know that if you buy it and you don't play it, like that's, it's like the same thing, but for free, you know, mm-hmm. you can right, just get right. it and just not play it and be like, Hey, you know. And hey, you know, enjoyed my time spent with it. Got 60 Except bucks I always back. find myself being like, do I delete this demo? Cause Maybe I'll. Oh maybe yeah, I won't be able to download it again later. Well, right, right. I th- well, I think the way they save the actual save is different than the the data for the demo, mm-hmm. so you can delete it. But I do the same thing where I try to hold on to it because I'm afraid it because I think it's gonna continue on into the. I was like, if I get rid of it, it won't like let me continue into the game, which I never get. Maybe, but well, I just think of I like think the piece of software being gone forever. Oh yeah, you know, in sort of a preservation sense. Now that we know that everything goes away, I guess some time. of those like those original mm-hmm. Bravely Default. Uh, demos aren't aren't available anymore something like that mm-hmm. which i like those games but yeah if you want to move on we could talk about the big uh what the the dan the danfee in the room or whatever uh <laughs> whatever they're called i'm so bad at remembering the names of pokemon <laughs> this is going to be awkward but talk about I'll tell you what pokemon. they look like i don't know oh, i don't know how I, I know jeremy jeremy just started playing it uh because i bought it for him for his 40th birthday because hey hey it's uh, you know, it's a good game. I like it actually. Yep, playing Pokemon all day on my 40th birthday's been pretty nice. No, I I got the game when it came out. You know, I reserved it and all that. Uh, and um, and I and you know, we originally last week I was like, I need to have somebody else on here to talk about it. And it was, of course, it was Thanksgiving week, so you weren't available, which is fine. Okay. <laughs> Normally, no, most <laughs> podcasts don't record on that week, so it's no big deal. But I definitely want to talk to other people about it. And also, Jeremy's 40th birthday is today. Happy birthday. Hey, happy and birthday. I, and I got, uh, I got Scarlet. I'm doing the reverse Kate Bush. I'm rolling down that hill. <laughs> I, I got Scarlet for Jeremy, so so you had it. But I, I don't know how I don't know how far you've gotten, but I'm almost done, I think. Like I have uh I only have one gym left and I only have one of the star battles left of Team Star. 
So I've been playing the crap out of it. I've been playing like for like 30 hours total now. My characters are around like mid 50s. My, my Pokemon are. I have I have 231 Pokemon captured. Damn. So uh, that's that's how that's I play. That's how I play Pokemon. I just realized I was playing it last night. I'm like, I don't fight anybody. I just like capture Pokemon and then just go to the next thing. And well, I, I'll, I'll I'll fight the trainers that are hanging out on the world, you know, to get extra money and stuff. But I don't really I don't really grind against the wild Pokemon. I just catch them and then I just move on to whatever I'm going. Uh, well, I do I do grind because like when I get well when I do the trades I will because then I'll get a low level Pokemon that I want to level up, and so then I'll do the uh, grind where you throw your Pokemon out and it just oh sure yeah I did that a little well I mean you'll do that with the I star. really like that you'll a do lot. that with the star battles of course like that's a big but I really like it. it in just the the overall map if you're yeah. trying to like beef up a little bit because. I've really been trying to rush from thing to thing really quick just because like, then I can always go back there again later. Cause I get my, uh, uh, fast travel point. Mm, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, well, and, and all, and you can fast travel to all of the poker centers also, which, which helps. You have to go to them first though, right? Yeah. Yeah. You have to go to them. Well, no, you can't just go to one that you've never been to, but once you've been to one, you can travel to any of them. So that's helped. But actually something I noticed yesterday when I was playing was that it'll, it actually counts the, the way that you did, the, the way you did each of the things that you did. So it's kind of has its own little like hero's path of sorts. That's awesome. Which is cool because I really want, because I knew I did everything completely out of order because one of the last gyms that I did, all the Pokemon, they were like level eight and I was like level 55 and I'm like, this is dumb. And I'm just like one shotting everybody. And I think it was actual, the actual first gym. And I think the one that I went to was the third one, but you know, since this is open one poke open world Pokemon, I'm like, fuck school. I'm just gonna go do whatever the fuck I wanna do. And I didn't go to school. I just went and I just was just walking and doing my own thing. But what have you thought so far of it, Dylan? I, I, I had to ask uh, real quick, do you, are there more events when you return to the school? Because mm-hmm. um I'm I'm still relatively early in the game. I've just really been vibing more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, the, well the, the, there's there's classes that you can go to actually. Like kind of persona, really? persona style, which yeah. uh, I didn't go to any of them. But every time you defeat a gym, you get more classes unlocked. And I think there's like eight. I think there's like eight classes total for each one. Like you get, you go to each of them eight times, and there's midterms and finals in between. So there's four, and there's a midterm, and then there's four, and then there's a final that oh, you have to cool. take. But you actually get shit for doing it. Like like you get like um you get like experience candy and stuff like that. And actually. The only reason I went to school is because I was like I was like why don't I was like why don't I know how to do false swipe yet? I'm sure you know what false swipe is. False mm-hmm. swipe is the move that you get where you can basically hit a pokemon over and over and over again but they'll never die because yeah. it'll take them down to 1-1 HP and they'll never faint. And mm-hmm. I was like why haven't I found this yet? The reason that I didn't find it yet is that I have to go to biology class and that's where you get it from the biology, oh, really? biology teacher. Oh, that's incredible. So and it's a TM? Uh, yeah, it's a TM. It's it's a very important TM that'll help you capture pokemon. It's a uh, Probably the, I mean, I don't really use TMs that much, but false swipe is, is my shit. You know, it's the one to have. Because when you're hunt, trying to hunt for like, you know, you find new Pokemon and you're level 50 and they're level 5 or whatever, you can just false swipe them until they're in the red mm-hmm. and then capture them instead of like, you know. Even though like with timer balls or whatever, you can do that pretty quickly. Or quick balls, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, th- this is what I do with Pokemon. And this one I've loved so much, it's just the fact that you can see them walking around the world is... uh everything because i don't have to i don't have to constantly fight and look for these like one percent uh you know mm-hmm. these like super rare ones that'll show up i just walk around until i see them and then catch as many as i can and then go to the next thing yeah That's like there, there's definitely it. something 
um that i'm not i'm not gonna say i miss it because i don't but um there there is a certain feeling to like that excitement you get when you get into a random battle and you're like oh it's finally the pokemon i've been looking for oh right that being said uh but it takes so long it takes so long <laughs> and i and i don't yeah, i don't, that, that I don't miss it at all is, i hate it so not, much yeah, yeah. it's not, not a reward it. from the game that's a re- reward from your brain for yeah yeah, exactly. For pushing itself to, to mind-numbing extents. I think that's why I'm like so much farther in this game than I ever got in Sword and Shield. It's because like Sword and Shield, I was just like going to the battle over and over again to try to find that one guy that I accidentally fainted and didn't get the Pokeball of. And I spent so oh. much fucking time capturing Pokemon. And this one, I can just walk around in the world and just see what I mm-hmm. want and what I don't want, you know, and then just... It's so much easier for me. And you get a ton of experience just for, just for capturing Pokemon. That's why I really don't like fight the wild ones i just capture all the ones that i want and fight all mm-hmm. the trainers that are out there and you know and my guys are beefed up so it's fine. yeah i'm early enough in the game that yeah. i'm doing just that but it's because i'm trying to collect more so i've got i'm, a, I'm around 70 i've caught around 70 of them so yeah no i, I love as many as i love how available everything is like i caught like 30 like within like the first couple hours because there's a ton of them like right yeah. at the mm-hmm. beginning there by your house which I was like, yeah, there's like yeah, a shocking variety yeah. of Pokemon in every route. Yeah. Um, Cause I guess like playing, like it's been a while since I've like actually invested like time, time into a Pokemon game. But I, I remember in um black and white, that was the last one I like really played. Uh, that's, that's my favorite one. I think out of all of them, it's a very black good and white. one. Black and white was so good. Well, it brought me back actually. Cause, cause I was big into blue and red. And then I played mm-hmm. Gold and Silver a little bit, and I played Ruby and Sapphire a little bit. But then I didn't play anything else after that until Black and White. Mm-hmm. But then Black and White, I was like, oh, this game is great. And it's one of the few yeah. Pokemons I've actually beat all the way through and got the legendaries and all that. It's a very good game. I, I feel like the soft reboot approach they were giving to it like, was what brought me back. Because there, there was that excitement of like, oh, everything's new. Let's see what's going on. Oh, yeah. Th- I, w- um, I wish they would do that. Like That was like the only game they did that, where they were just like... All the Pokemon are new. Well, you get some later ones in the end game, but uh-huh. or like after game or whatever, after credits. But but yeah, I loved how they were just like, oh no, we're just doing all brand new ones. You won't yeah. see Pikachu here. You won't feel, see fucking Snorlax or any of these other fuckers that you see in every game. I, I, I kind of wish they would do that controversial again. controversial <laughs> yeah. decision at the time, but it makes that region stand out so much more in my memory because of it. Like, I grew up playing Gold and Silver, and it's it's weird going back to those games and being like, oh, a lot of the new Pokemon are in the Kanto region like they're not they're not in the the region that's being marketed so like I wanted I wanted like a a, ha- a Houndor I think they're they're called in like oh yeah I, I was cool. like where the fuck do I find them and I had to look it up and be like oh they're not even on this continent how are how are how are you liking it like what what uh which uh I got Quaxley which one did either of you get I got a, a Sprigatito is that the cat that's a that's that, that's the grass cat yeah yeah, that's the one I got as well. You did the grass cat. You didn't. No, nobody did Fue Coco. Well, I have Fue Coco now. Oh, you do? Yeah, I got him through uh, the. Uh, you got it from the trade. trade. Oh shit! Yeah. All I got was garbage. So I've got all I've I got, got was garbage uh, through the spread. The, fir- the I've got the two besides Quaxley all the way up to their last evolution. Damn! Oh, already. So that's pretty nice. It's been that's nice. Uh, they're they're pretty early, yeah. actually. I think. I think the final evolution is like 20 something, right? Or, mm, it's or well, 30 or 30 something. Yeah. Well, well, some of them don't like, uh, what was it? I'm still using mine are uh, in their early forties. Like that's where I'm at right now. I, uh, just finished my fifth gym. 
And I've gotten four of the five herbs, and I've done two of the uh, oh, star yeah. things. Okay, yeah. So you, so you did, yeah. The I think the Titan ones are the one, the herbs or whatever, are probably the ones that those are the ones I did first because you get like well, upgrades for your for it helps your little you, guy. Yeah, yeah so you it helps you travel. So I just got the glide upgrade right before we got on. Actually, I had okay. to finish going through that cinematic so I could see my list of who I have. But yeah, I've had a lot of fun with the. Um, with the mystery tray that that's a lot of fun just cause I've been making a point to just set all my extra Pokemon off to the side, like in a different box. And then once I build up to five or six, then I'll just mystery trade until I no longer have a repeat. Then I'll like continue doing what I'm doing. And that's kind of the way I've been trying to collect more. Are you, are you, are you naming them all Nintendo main still? No, I'm not going <laughs> to do that until I can breed. So I can't breed yet. Uh, oh, I'm do, not sure. wait, do you know how to breed? I guess no. you don't. So uh, I guess breeding happens randomly while you do while you do picnics is what I heard. Oh, I thought. See the. Um, I thought it was going to be something like Sword and Shield, where you went to a spot where that was what they did. Like, what was it like a daycare center or something? No, it, it happens while you're making food. Now, weirdly enough. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Have you had? A, I, have you had a I picnic also, yet? I have a ditto. I have a ditto because I thought I would need it. Just yeah, in case. yeah, one too. Uh, I mean, I got one because I was going to try to breed a uh, Quaxley. Mm-hmm. Well, or. Quaqual, as it's called now, and it's final yeah, evolution. It's yeah, it's stupid. But Pompadour it's, duck. It's something. Yeah, it's like festival or yeah. It's interesting. Like like the it. final level revolution. Er, final evolutions are pretty ridiculous in this game, but mm. I kind of love it. But I uh, I, so, I was, someone pointed out that they're all like homages to um, theater. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. So uh, in different so ways, you, like, yeah. Like so dancing that, and singing. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say the uh, I fought against the Quaxley because I can't remember that other trainer that's getting all creepy with you, following you around all the time. Uh, Nimona, she, she wants to yeah, buy, yeah. she wants to battle constantly. Um, yeah. She fought me with because you know, of course, she chooses the one I don't choose, and it was Quaxley or well, one of them. She chooses and, the uh, she chooses the one that's weak against you. Oh, that's right. So yeah, I've never I've never seen the cat thing. in the game because the cat was the one that would be strong against me because grass is mm-hmm. strong against water. Mm-hmm. But she chose for for, for, for whatever, But this past time I fought her, she had the Quaxley evolved all the way, and he's very like matadory stanced. Very yeah, yeah and they like, like I could see like mm-hmm. a sort of dramatic like dance like, around, like, yeah, dance sort of like a flamenco dancer. Mm-hmm. Very flamenco, like yeah. Remind, yeah, I was thinking of uh, Don Flamenco and. Punch out! Actually. I was thinking of like that guy from. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was thinking about that guy from Tekken that's like constantly dancing. Like uh, mm-hmm. that's what it reminded me of. You know, like you know, like that martial arts style that's like a dancing Boldo? martial arts where uh, they just no, keep capoeira. Yeah, yeah, Voldo's Soul Caliber, but yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 not, not Voldo. Voldo was just martial creepy. arts dance. You're of DJ. Yeah, it's it's certainly different. This is gonna bother me. I'm gonna look it up. I, I don't. I I mean, I'm not a DJ. Fan of, well, DJ is from Street Fighter. Street Fighter. Talk about tech. Uh, there's Jamaican. Eddie Gordo, but um, let's see. Yeah, there's Eddie Gordo. There's Christy Montero and Lucky Chloe. Um, are the three dancing fighters in um in Tekken? In Tekken. Yeah, I, I like I said, I don't know the characters that well in Tekken. I just okay. remember there was one in Tekken three that danced, and it just reminds me. I of think that, that was Eddie Gordo. Movie, moving probably. Yeah, could be. Yeah, no, it's uh. Uh, what was I was gonna say? Like, a, yeah, the the regular ones that you pick, they their last evolution is pretty early. But like, I have a lar- I have a lar- Larvesta um, that doesn't evolve until like level sixty. So like, some of them, you know, some of them don't evolve until much later that aren't like starter ones. That's why I was like, you know, those are ones that are really really early. 
I haven't looked up anything yet, but I do offer the two of you that have played this game an insight into the game you may not have had because it's my birthday in it, and so I got to see the birthday thing. Oh, exciting. oh yeah, I, I didn't even yeah because it asks you about the date, right, or something yeah. when you start the game. And I had forgotten about that, but I walked to it. Well, you actually like one of the first times you like choose an option besides heal my Pokemon at the Poke Center, then they'll like one of them will be enter your birthday. So I did that. Oh, yeah. And it's I don't like, come back on your birthday. Not. We'll have something special for you. What'd you get? Nothing. Oh, <laughs> what? They say, they no, say no happy birthday. <laughs> and then the uh, the sign up above the Poke Center has a birthday cake on it. Wow. Oh, isn't that sweet? They yeah, could have at least. That's quite special. They could have at least. I was expecting. Maybe it'll be like Animal Crossing. I'll wake up tomorrow. There'll be a gift in my mailbox. Or you could have at least gotten a missing it, number or something like that. Yeah, I was expecting like a rare candy or something. But I would have, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping, I was hoping for some sort of like, yeah, maybe some uh, Master Balls or something nice. Maybe right, you're supposed right. to get something and it's just a glitch that it didn't happen. Maybe like uh, my <laughs> You know what? That could very easily maybe. be the case. I mean, I guess, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's that could be a good segue for they that. They could do either Zodiac Pokemon or they could do a gemstone, like a birthstone based Pokemon and then give those away only on birthdays. But of they course, could. people would figure out ways around that. That would be cool. I mean, well, there already is. I already have it. I already have the Taurus. Uh, I want a yellow so, topaz Pokemon. Since, uh, since that's, since that's my uh, my my birth thing or whatever, I already have one of those. But um, I guess uh, you know, I talked last week. I was pretty uh, you know, I talked. John and I talked about it. You know, where I was, I was sounded kind of bootlickery. I guess uh, towards Pokemon, but um, <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. There's like, I know there's a lot of like whatever problems with it. My playthrough has been kind of smooth, actually. When I got to once I got to the water, once uh, my uh, Maridon or whatever learned how to swim, shit went went bad real quick. <laughs> that was when everything like slowed down to like a to like a mm. yeah where where it was where it even was bothering me. Like when I'm trying to catch Pokemon in the water, you're getting actual, and the ball is um, like doo 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 doo, doo oh. and it's like so slow, and I'm like. What is happening? I'm like, I'm like this. I'm like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Thankfully, the water part. (laughs) Thankfully, I wasn't in the water for that long, and I got out of there, and everything was fine again. But it got to the point where I was like, all right, this is pretty unplayable. And I've only it's only crashed. It's only crashed twice on me so far. Two times. (laughs) It's only crashed twice on me. Hey, hey, there's there's other switch games. There's other switch games that crash all the time. Like, uh, Uh what was it? Uh, I mean, the Star Wars game that I love, uh, Jedi Outcast, that crashed on me like twenty times when I played that Uh, game on Switch. So I mean, Animal Crossing crash. Shit happens. Yeah. Uh Yeah, All all the games crash. Like like uh, Ease Eight, Lacrimosa of Donna, one of my favorite games of all Mm -hmm. time, crashed on me when I beat the game at the very end. At the very, oh, very no. end of the game, it crashed. But it auto-saved, so it was fine. I didn't lose anything, you know? Right, right. But, I mean, everything crashes, you know? Then yeah. That one only crashed once, and this one only crashed twice, so... Yeah, no, I, I don't want it to sound like I'm, like, poking my finger at the game and being like, LOL, what is this shit? Because, like, you know, I, I try to take it in stride. If anything else, what it feels like, it feels like a game that we would play and be like, this is great that they were able to make this fit on the Switch that existed better somewhere else you know it's like uh, yeah. you can very transparently see the sacrifices that were made but this is the main game this isn't the yeah this isn't yeah. like a port of it so that's what's that's what's frustrating to me but if i turn off my like we got we got to give them a 
Got, got to give them a break. I mean, they normally develop for other consoles. It's the first right, time. Right. Yeah. Well, let, I mean, yeah. this, this, but, but, but this is what I was thinking about, like, with this, because I like this game a lot. Like, I mean, uh-huh. this game is, like, obviously contender game of the year. I really like it, too. For me, it's fucking great. But uh, I'm just, I've been thinking about it, and I'm like, when was there ever a Pokemon game that somebody was like, oh my god, this is just a graphical, brilliant-looking game. We have this like, nobody, every Pokemon game. Nobody, nobody has ever said that, ever. Like, there has <laughs> never been a Pokemon that was ever, like, a technical masterpiece, ever, the in, the, like in the history of Pokemon. Like, none of them have ever been like that. Even the first one, the towns look fucking stupid in the in the, right, in the right. black and white, like, I think know, it's like, like uh, and just green, like politics, where, yeah. like, um, you know, like, back in the day, you had one scandal, and everybody was freaking out over it. But if you just keep having more and more scandals... Eventually, everybody loses track of it. So, like Pokemon, like you know, now it's just not too much water, or big trees, or whatever, or, uh, bad mm-hmm. trees. Now it's like there's just so much wrong with it. But it's like, what are you gonna do? You want to yeah. play Pokemon? I, so, I think I think uh, every you just look past it. I think every single game they've said it doesn't look good. I think every I think no one has ever said this that it was a graphical masterpiece. Like any does not of them, look good. Like I'm just saying that so, I don't think any of them ever have. Funniest glitch I saw was somebody's eyes bugged out Auga style. Like in a <laughs> I've seen that one too. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't experienced I'm, anything I, like that. Yeah, me either. I, I th- well, also there was like kind of a soft patch that came out when it was released, so I think a lot of that stuff mm. came pre came for the for the review stuff. I uh, the only thing I saw was one, one thing one I had time to like learn. The, the to one right person away. had like their eye yeah. blinked, and that was it. Like yeah. one eye was closed, and it looked weird. I um have had people get like st- or. I've gotten stuck jumping where I was just kind of like stuck against the wall for a little while. And I just had to be like, okay, well, I don't want to turn it off. And then it kind of resets well, on, on my mouth, right? Specifically. Yeah. Then it'll eventually fix itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did have it completely crashed on me once. It was when I walked into a gym after completing the uh, challenge. Wait, no, it was before I completed the challenge. So I'm like, Oh shit. Did I like do something out of sequence? Cause I had, heard there were like potentially game breaking bugs oh yeah i'm like i hope i didn't do something stupid here by coming here too early uh, because i think i was going to some of the harder gems earlier oh yeah so i mean why well, ended up like yeah, i did too. Me out a lot yeah i skipped uh i mean apparently the the one where you push the olive is supposed to be like one of the be- one of the first ones i did that like eighth or something mm-hmm. or seventh like it was one of the almost last ones i did so. the first one i did was the water one i think which was actually pretty hard yeah i went to i, I went east when i came out i went mm-hmm. east and i kind of just went around the world i just was like all right all right what's closest i'll go to this thing all right what's next i'll go that so i just kind of like went to whatever the next thing was yeah and went, went around the, until uh... i got to the water and then i went back to the and then i went back mm-hmm. to the um uh whatever the fuck it's called the um normal type no, the the uh, the lighthouse. I went to the lighthouse with Arvin, oh, right. and Arvin destroyed me actually because mm-hmm. he's, he's all these people were like level sixty one. I'm like, all right, cool. I need to get out of here and grind and come back. And I never fought him again. I'm not that far <laughs> to where I can do that yet. But once you do all the stuff where you upgrade a uh, Maridan or whatever your whatever name yours is on Scarlet, you'll have to go back to you'll go back to the lighthouse, and then you have to go. Uh, rescue the reed richards looking guy i guess it wouldn't be him on your on scarlet because he's only in violet but anyway uh arvin the guy who you have to fight him and all of a sudden his pokemon are way, My guy's are called way harder Coridon. Coridon, yeah mm-hmm. and he does and, and which one do you have uh dylan I'm playing Scarlet. Uh, okay. Yeah. Bought my copy with my brother. So we I call it a Johansson on the Nintendo main podcast. You do. Jeremy does. <laughs> Johansson. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I got Scarlet. My brother got Violet. Nice. So. That makes I, sense. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm the only Violet here. And then we got, well, you, then we got you bought Scarlet for me because of that reason, right? That's true, yeah. Well, I mean, purple is one of my favorite colors, so I was going with that. Yeah, and plus, uh, plus the the teacher dude looks totally looks like Reed Richards from the Fantastic Four. So I'm like, there we go. Holy shit, you're not wrong. Yeah, I was, that's what I saw. I was like, there he is. Yeah. He's right there. He's got his lab coat and everything. And he also completely does not pay attention to his child because of his work, much like Reed Richards does to his wife in the comics. So there you go. They got this. They got they got the whole. Uh, <laughs> they got it all in there. Either I'm not far enough in, or my character doesn't have children, because or my analog doesn't, because oh, was, oh maybe that was maybe, guy is maybe that like, was a spoiler. Actually, sorry, it's okay. Because Arvin, Arvin, the guy that you go to find the the Titan Pokemon the Titans, with, is actually yeah. the son of the Reed Richards character from Violet. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't really care. And he's like, he's like, oh, you you neglected me all the time, Dad, because of work. And I was like, oh yeah, that's like Reed Richards kind of does that to his kids and his wife. So, so I get it. This is perfect. But I mean, yeah, tell tell me more about your experiences either. Yeah, so I, I've had a comparatively limited experience. Um, I really just kind of made my character futzed around a bit in the starting town, um, walked around, caught a lot of Pokemon, uh, and I, now I've kind of settled in the first gym that I decided to take on, which is the, uh, the bug gym leader, I think. Okay. Um, I was honestly kind of surprised because uh, I felt like I knew the Pokemon flow well enough that I was like, all right, so it's the bug gem. It's going to be pretty easy. I'll just pick the counters to bug Pokemon. And, oh, that's a Teddy Ursa. Oh, it's terrorizing. Oh, it's got Fury Cutter, and it's wrecking my shit now. What's <laughs> oh, going yeah, on? Yeah. So I, I definitely maybe tried to patronize what I thought was a children's game. <laughs> Hey, this this game is actually difficult. Like, uh, it's, yeah, it's it's got some sauce to it. I, I I'm uh, like that was kind of the wake up call I needed, where I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I don't have to turn my brain off for this. Okay, we're we're looking at the uh, the birthday uh, uh, yeah. Poke Center celebration so, right now. For uh, Jeremy's putting it on the uh, on the video here. So we'll yeah. describe it to you because most of you are pretty exciting. To it. But there's but yeah. there's there's the there's the birthday uh, background wallpaper there. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't even. I don't know if I've even. I don't think I've said any of those poke into anything to those Poke Center people aside from just like heal my Pokemon, motherfucker, and then let me get out of here. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't like to. I don't like to talk to them. I'm like, you know what? You're below, you're, their, you're, you're uh, below me. They're goods if I can. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you get you got to you got to buy, buy them Ultra Balls and mm. uh, yeah, and high potions. The, the nurse or whatever. typically give some uh, helpful hints and advice, uh, which has been nice uh, starting out. So. Which is even like within the context, I think, of the whole flow of the game, maybe telling you to go, not telling you to go somewhere you shouldn't be yet, because you Just could go really screw your way. You could screw yourself in this game, which I went a few places that I shouldn't have been and was like getting really genuinely frustrated. Then I went back and I was like, oh, I this part's easy and oh i can collect a bunch of pokemon over here and then just kind of like chilled the fuck out i guess i was sort of trying to get as far as i could before the episode to be honest sure yeah because certainly makes sense trey sent me the game on saturday i couldn't really play it sunday i was busy all day sunday so starting monday i just like sunk my teeth into it i had the whole day off and played it most of monday and then played as much as i could in the past couple of days and Mm -hmm. yeah i just it's I love it. I think it's aside I think from I all definitely the <laughs> like it more than uh, Sword and Shield. What I mean, I guess I think the main comparison for me, and I'm sure I'm interested to see to hear both what you say is the comparison of this versus Arceus. 
which I think I still like Arceus a little bit better. But I think this world is a little bit more developed. It is. I like, uh, yeah. The, there's an actual like compelling story and the whole thing like you know with the herbs for instance mm-hmm. like that's that could make me cry if i really kind of like yeah with the with the mavostiff and the the dog mm-hmm. and yeah there there are there are some real like tearjerker moments to that and like, that's I, not something that, you would have yeah. seen in sword shield and even arceus like mm-hmm. well especially arceus arceus is very bare bones um arceus was just fun in its traversal and in its uh m- the method of collecting the pokemon like that's what sh- it should have stayed. Like you can literally like crawl through tall grass in this, like you could in Arceus, but you can't throw pokeballs. I think that's bullshit. Like you should be able to do that in the towards the lower yeah. level Pokemon yeah. at least. I wish that was still in there. That's just a satisfying feature of the of this sort of hybrid uh, Pokemon Go and Pokemon thing that they had going. But uh, I don't know. But it's this so one, you fun. can make them walk you, around. Once you get used to, yeah. Once you get I mean, used that's to that, the, that's the let's go. Whatever they call it, the let's go mode. Even like uh, when you press ZR and you can let your Pokemon oh, really? run around with it. You, lets yeah. you grind really fast if you need to do that sort of thing. Which I we're, we're not even and not even just to grind. Like you can let them just walk with you. And actually, mm. that is a thing with a lot of the new Pokemon. Is some of them only evolve if they walk with oh. you for a certain amount of distance. And it's that. and it only walks. I need to start looking this shit up. And it's only and it only <laughs> walks with you with ZR, not with regular R. So you wouldn't send him out to fight. You send him out to just walk with you. Because I have a, I have I have the fucking. Um, uh, I'm always like fire walk with me. That's what I named one of my Pokemon. That's what I keep nice. thinking of too. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just me. Yeah, to just to make it a little morbid there, you know, uh, in between worlds, Noah. Uh, <laughs> get me on Twin Peaks shit here. Um, no, I had there. There's this. Uh, there's this like tumbleweed called Bramblin, which I think is pretty cool. It's a tumbleweed Pokemon. It's basically a tumbleweed with eyes. And I've been trying to I've been trying to like evolve it. In order to evolve it, it has to like you have to you have to travel with it for a certain amount of time. And I've been walking around with it for however long and I still can't get it to evolve. So I don't know. So don't ask me, I guess, about like walking with your Pokemon, but I've been trying to get this one to fucking evolve and it still hasn't. Maybe you need to take it down to Memphis on Beale Street or whatever. But but I do I have a Bagon. Uh, for any of you, I know it's only available in, in Violet. If you want to trade it's, for, it's, yeah, I want Mega Man Battle Network. Looking. I got, I got one of those. It's a, yeah, send it. It's like, it's like the dragon. Well, it's a uh, Bagon. It's like Bagon, Shellgon, Salamence. I mine's actually oh. uh, fully evolved to Salamence, and Salamence is pretty awesome. It's just a big giant dragon guy. Got you. I forgot what the uh, the other evolutions were named. It's so. like, it's like game specific. Like I know that one's one that's only in Violet or whatever, but yeah, but I caught it's one. It's like. Scarlet has Tyranitar, right, or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. But uh, and I, I've been I've been using that one. Uh, actually, I I really fell in love with the with the Sand Ghost, the Sand Ghast. I've been loving that guy, who's actually evolved into Palisand now, which is great because it reminds me of that uh, ugly Casanova song of the pal- oh, the, the, pal- the, pal- the Palisades. Yeah, I always mm-hmm. think about it whenever I see that guy. The pal- the Palisands. No, it's basically a ghost that's like a sandcastle, and then it becomes a big giant mm-hmm. sandcastle. But what okay. I but what I like about the sand ghost so much is most ghost type Pokemon can't really get hit that much with physical attacks. So most of the time he'll dodge almost everything that gets thrown at him. So that's why I've been really into him and all that. But yeah, and I and I have the giraffe the giraffe rig Faragraph. I have those as well. <laughs> Nice. Just the one where it's backwards, where he has like the head on his butt, but then the oh, head yeah, becomes yeah. the butt later. It's yeah, I know Pokemon doesn't make any sense, but it's fun. 
<laughs> I've been having a great yeah, time. No, it's with a fun it. design, whatever. I had yeah. explained to Shauna, you know, that it's not that weird because there's ice cream type Pokemon. So, like, anything goes. Yeah, there's the fucking uh, Vanillix or whatever. It was like mm-hmm. the ice cream scoop. Well, that was uh, that's what we were talking about earlier. What Dylan was saying, like, black and white. That was when they got fucking weird. That's where they had Trubbish mm-hmm. in there. That was like the, the trash bag Pokemon. <laughs> like, that's. Yeah. I mean, there, fuck, was, <laughs> there, was no, there was no going back from that. Once you have like a Pokemon that's a fucking trash bag that walks around, it's like that's that's the end. But I loved it. I just loved how I loved how stupid those ones were. I thought they were great. Or Chandelier, of course, or Chandelier was like still one of my favorites. I do like Chandelier. Yeah, Um, he's a ghost Chandelier. mm. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Very Beauty and the Beast. I always felt like. Yeah, I could see that definitely. Um, Oh yeah, X and Y does take place in Pokemon France, right? So I guess that fits. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. They're always they're always supposed to be a different area because this is supposed to be like yeah. Spain or something. This right? is Spain. Yeah. I will say I've liked the yeah I've liked the environment of it. Um, I was I was gonna say like this is um, you know, with the obvious permissions of it being the way it is, like I mm-hmm. I think this is a pretty Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, a lot of really nice uh yeah like uh, vistas. You're in kind of you know you're in that uh. Mediterranean climate, it's nice and yeah. The the towns, even though you can't really go into a lot of the buildings, the towns feel very cozy. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of outdoor seating, a lot of people outside, a lot of little like, kind of like um, kind of corridors to walk through and stuff that aren't necessarily like enclosed. I was I was gonna say this earlier, but I think now's kind of a good time to bring it up. But um, go for it. The cozy. And not every town has like a small town vibe, but like the locations that I've visited have kind of a small town vibe uh, that mixed with like, you know, the kind of jank and the kind of, you know, glitchiness of it all honestly kind of reminds me of Deadly Premonition. Oh, sure. <laughs> if, yeah. I, if any of you guys have played that game. And so I guess it's like whenever I discuss this game, I feel like I have to give it that same kind of like stern, but like affectionate kind of like. You know, there's like a, there's, it's like, I wish this game was better, but like, there's so much goddamn charm packed into this package that it's hard for me to hate it. You know, have you, have you played? You know, kind of give it a little nugget. You're like, goddamn it, you son of a bitch. Exactly. Just exactly. Keep, just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing what you're doing, Pokemon. <laughs> well, please try to improve, but you know. Have you played two of uh of the um? I have not. I've been because apparently to. that one's really really glitchy, but people love it though. At the same, I've time, heard the so. writing for it is phenomenal, yeah. but like the game cannot run. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, I mean it's it, yeah. like don't like I said, don't ask me about this because I don't really give a shit about graphics or like uh uh-huh. or um frame rates or whatever. But I I think that Pokemon Violet looks pretty. Mo- looks pretty good most of the time but like i said once i got to the water when i was in the water and it was raining and i was also trying to catch a pokemon and there's like 10 other pokemon behind me it was when it would when i noticed that it was like okay this is this is not good like this is this is actually yeah. bad and that's yeah. really it yeah once you get a lot of environmental effects and you're moving quickly you know so it does kind of like shoot itself in the foot by like well i mean it should do this the natural curve of things you should be able to travel more yeah, rapidly, and you should be able to explore more freely. But by doing that, it limits itself because it can't keep up with that. So sure. you're just—I don't know. I don't know how many times I've like stubbed my toe on a little tiny Pokemon. Oh yeah, no, like I, I kind of like that. But- oh hey, you're you're a little like a sardine Pokemon, and you're gonna take me down right now, I guess. Or also, or sometimes you get into a battle because I haven't loaded yet. 
which is also mm. kind of hilarious oh, really? too. Which I haven't gotten to that point yet. Now that I have the glide, it's probably going to start. But when you're like uh, riding too fast or something, you might accidentally yeah. hit a Pokemon that you can't see because it didn't load yet mm. because of pop. Uh, see, I like, thought that was oh, there on it is. me. Yeah, like I because like I would I would be riding through tall grass and being like, oh, there must have been a Pokemon model that was just too small for me to visibly see. That's a cool way to to still kind of have the feeling of random and ca- no, they just didn't load in. <laughs> That's hilarious. See, they ca- at least like in the, uh, you know, in the raid ones, um, you see like these Pokemon getting thrown out, like not by anybody in particular, but there's these little things that f- these little shiny things that fly out and then the Pokemon spawn and then you take them down. And it's like, uh-huh. if you're going to be like, if it's going to be hard to load them, then just make it look like they're, I don't know, make it look like there's something happening in within the framework of the game that, Oh no, it's not loaded yet because the Pokemon didn't spring out of the grass yet, or something like that. Um, yeah, it's it's I wouldn't call it disappointing. And if anything, it's like anybody who protests being able to see the Pokemon, give yourself the random battle experience by just blazing through it as fast as you can. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when, when I honestly when when I was going through the water, when I was like swimming through the water with the uh, with Maridon, uh I, I, it was almost kind of like an action game to me because I'm just like I'm weaving mm-hmm. in between all of these Gyaradoses because I don't want to fight any of them. I'm like, uh, and they're just appearing out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Reminds me, me of like those old Super Nintendo games where you like, it's like it's like Battletoads, you know? It's like the first Battletoads game when you're in the cave and like, like the like things come at you really quickly oh and they like come out of nowhere. That's kind of how it was. And I'm trying to dodge around all these because they're just popping in like that. And I'm like. <laughs> And I'm like, this is kind of hilarious, but this is the way I play it. Like I said, I don't really fight the the wild ones that much. I'm just trying to catch whatever and then go to the next thing. I'm just like, I'm avoiding all of you. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind that this game will be remade someday and it'll be a lot more polished. But um, I think what's going on with it so far is really great. And I like it. I like the there really is like a true freedom, like to where you could probably screw yourself over if you did things wrong. But Luckily, I've been trying to kind of keep things balanced. Yeah, I mean, you can always it warp really out does of there, kind of though. spell it out for you too. Yeah, you can work yeah. out. You there. can always you fly can, back uh, to the school or whatever if you if you found you're in a, found mm-hmm. yourself in a place where everything's too powerful. Yeah, it feels like there's a series of fail safes there for um, yeah. the players or maybe kids who don't quite grasp RPG right. mechanics and yeah. get in over their heads. I, I was afraid that I wasn't going to like it because everything doesn't scale, but I think it's better that things don't scale. Because I yeah. like how you can just run into a fucking like Pokemon that's like ten levels above you, and you still want to try to catch it anyway, just for the hell of it. And I caught a yeah. couple of them. Like I caught a couple level fifties when I was like a level thirty I think or whatever. It gives the, so it's like the you open know, world a more cool, persistent yeah. feeling. Yeah, if yeah. it's not scaling to you, and it's not, uh, yeah, it's not you know preparing itself for you as you walk into it. Like I like that. I like that challenge. That's one of my favorite things about uh, certain Final Fantasy games. Um, 12 in particular, you can visit like an end game dungeon like 15 hours into the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, just like little stuff like that. I've, I've always loved. Um, I think Final Fantasy one on the NES had like a mapping problem where on the tip of a peninsula on the starting continent, you could fight mid-game monsters and use that as a strategy to power level and i think that that kind of giving the player the option for those kind of risk reward investments is always a good thing so 
Yeah, it's it's like th- ha- it's like having a little bit of Xenoblade in your uh, in your Pokemon. Yeah, here, yeah. Where it's like, yeah. It's, I mean, it, it actually reminded me a lot of the Xenoblade Three or like any of the Xenoblades, where it's like you start off and there's like a fucking level seventy giant fucking ape dude over there that you know is gonna wreck you, but you you know you're gonna come back and fight him later. You know, you're like, all right, yeah, right, right. But they but they kind of the, the, those games do a really good job of just kind of mixing them all together, where there's like, oh, here's mm-hmm. the ones you can fight, but these other ones that you shouldn't, you know. So a strategy I used that uh, may not have been possible, at least not as accessibly without the uh, surprise trade feature, was using um, non, non-obedient Pokemon or, you know, disobedient Pokemon as my tanks so I could heal. Oh, okay. There were some parts yeah, where I, I like, I'll, I'll throw one of those like big boar Pokemon that's like 10 levels past at the time, like what would obey me? And I'm like, well, I was getting a little frustrated, but I found like keeping him in my party, I would throw him up. He would just be a damage sponge while I healed everybody else. And then I'd throw someone up else, someone else up. And good that actually ended up being kind of a good strategy against what I think I feel like I went to. I think it was the normal type that I went to, I think too early. And I was like, shit, what am I going to do? And that ended up being my strategy. So mm. even those disobedient Pokemon have their place in this, I think. I mean, that, that's kind of what I did with when I was trying to catch the like the ones that were way ahead of me, like as far as like mm-hmm. level goes. I just try to throw up whatever Pokemon has the highest HP, and I just want them to last long enough for me to get a Pokeball mm-hmm. to catch, you know? And that's what I would do. I was like, whoever's out there can take the most damage. I just need them to just stand there so I can just keep throwing the ball until one of them will eventually yeah. catch it. So I kind of did that the other way around, but I never thought about just throwing one up there that doesn't that doesn't obey you because it's like too high above whatever your gym rank is, and then just like have them there so you can heal the rest of them like that type of thing. I didn't think about that. I normally when I'm fighting ones that like do dig or fly or whatever, I'll always mm-hmm. just heal the or heal or revive whatever's left so I can get uh, experience points for everybody. The TMs seem like crazy. Like I haven't even really begun to like scratch the surface of what that has. To oh, offer. creating so your own TMs. They're just throwing them at yeah. me constantly. I mean, they they always kind of did that, but yeah. Now now at Poké Centers, you can make your own, or you can mm. buy your own. I guess on top of that, I don't really use them that much. I never really have. But once you find a movie you like, you can just spam the shit out of it. It's like let's see what we can get from the natural evolution and all that. Mm-hmm. But you know, like I said, the mostly I was looking for false swipe, which I finally got. But, but yeah, a lot of it is just like. Uh, but I, but but it, but also like kind of like what you're doing with Arceus, Jeremy. Uh, I remember you telling me this. You can like get a Pokemon. And then you can automatically give them this really powerful move through the TMs. Like, like say you got a lower level like fire type mm-hmm. or something like that, you can give them like a flamethrower or something like that right off the bat and make them stronger. So there's that with the TMs. That's a big deal. You know, if you want to automatically give them, give them a give them a heavy move, you can you can do it in that way. But no, I, I think it's. I mean, I think it's very ambitious, and I like. Uh, it's funny because I'm like having a great time playing this game. Game. I'm like, man, I love this game. I think I might almost be done with it. And I was like. I could go back and play Sword and Shield again. I was like, well, but I'm not going to like it as much because it doesn't have it. It sort of has a little bit with the wild, with the open world, with the a wild world or whatever. But it's but I want is what I want is this. You know, I want what we have now. Yeah. So it's like I, you know, but no, I think it's great. We've I, seen all these yeah. baby steps that maybe will look to be looked back as incremental later mm-hmm. on in the future. But what what's being offered, I like, and um, especially since this was a gift, you know, and I wouldn't have thought to play it anytime soon because of the criticism and stuff of, of of how it runs i'm happy that i just like was able to just jump into it and realize hey this is a really really fun rpg with so much yeah. customization options and this really beautiful worlds and an actual like for as far as all the pokemon i've played which isn't many 
That's Don't a pretty good story. The story is pretty, the pretty best intriguing so far. story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, like the different. I like that they give you the different options. Like you have your regular thing where you do the badges mm-hmm. and the victory road. That's in every Pokemon. But I. But yeah, like doing like the Titan stuff and doing like the star, the 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 team star and all that. Those have been like nice distractions aside from just doing your regular thing, you know. And I think all the characters look really cool. Like I think the art design on everybody is really really good. Not to mention the music is fucking fantastic. Like I think this is yeah, probably one of the best. Yeah, I was kind of put off guard by how good it was. Yeah. I know like Toby Fox did did a did a good amount of the songs, but like these songs like really hit hard like big time. Like I'm like, yeah, this is it's really really good. <laughs> like I'm like, damn. Like yeah, these ones are really fucking nailing it. Yeah, it's the first time in a long time where, like, as I was playing, I was like, oh, hold on now. And, like, I, I would just kind of stop to, like, appreciate the music. Um, I, I don't typically do that in Pokemon games, not necessarily because I think the music's bad, but just because it, it never, you know, grabs my attention in the way that this soundtrack has. So I, I think that's another feather in its cap. Sure. I, I thought Sun and, Sun, and Moon, Sun and Moon had some bangers, but I don't think anything's like... Mm had is uh, i don't know the, the the soundtrack overall i think is the best one out of all of them mm-hmm. and but po- yeah like i said pokemon was not really something that i'm like oh yeah no this is a one this is like something i'll jam to but this but this one has been like oh yeah they're really knocking it out of the park yeah on a lot i of i will say that as someone who has played like has seriously invested time in maybe three pokemon games of like the whole franchise like and everything else has been like either through osmosis through watching other people play through like maybe like spending like a few hours with it and bouncing off eventually but it's it's really nice like i'm i'm actually really happy that this is the one i decided to like really dive back into even though i haven't spent that much time with it yet i i know that i'm going to just because there's something about the way it is structured and the way that it is presented that like has really clicked with me in a way that this series hasn't for a very long time, uh, despite, you know, all the controversies that uh, are currently surrounding the game. I think it has a lot of heart, and I, I really hope that, like, it shines through that way for a lot of fans. Yeah, no, that's that's what I would say to if anybody would ask me about this game. I would say, like, it has, like, a, you know, 10 out of 10, like, bones. Like, what's below everything is solid like this is like a fucking masterpiece of a game and then on top of that is yeah like is the jank but you know it's pokemon like i said i don't think there's ever been a pokemon game that didn't have jank like seriously like even back to the beginning think about it this way the game the game boy the original game boy came out in 89 and it was being like <coughs> thrown to the curb by the time pokemon came out in 96 yeah that's seven years the switch turned seven in march this, six, this right? is like, mm. yeah, this, so this is like, wait, <laughs> is it this March? No, it turned six. You're right. I would say six. So, I mean, it's not quite we're only seven, like five years on the Switch. Still, but still. Still. Come on. We're clo- we're definitely closer to six at this point, but it's uh, it's an aging technology and Pokemon still like sold a shit ton of copies and yeah. uh, still getting a positive consumer response despite like critical coverage. 10 million like in a week and weekends. Mm. So, you know, I mean, it's obviously uh I mean, is it selling switches? I don't know about that. They, apparently, they sold is, a lot for Black Friday, yeah. but okay. but also they had that like um, Mario Kart Eight bundle or whatever, where you got it for right. free. So that I guess whatever. that would be the real kind of indicator if it was selling more switches than we got ourselves a mm-hmm. cult classic on our hands. My my hope is that um, 
whoever's calling the shots beat Nintendo, Game Freak, or the Pokemon company. My hope is that, like, you know, despite all, like, you know, the good sales and the, the positive reception in so many regards, I think there does need to be this kind of epiphany of, um, and we're, we're turning these games out a little too quickly. We have a winning formula, but we need to actually let it simmer Put and a little bake and not be quite as raw as uh, the product we previously shipped at was. Sure. Uh, what, what I was thinking about is, you know, like uh, you hear all these people, you see people on Twitter or whatever being like, oh my God, Pokemon. It's like, it looked better on GameCube, you know? And I'm thinking back to like Pokemon Coliseum on GameCube. And I was like, people hated that game when it came out. They thought it looked like shit. <laughs> like when that came around way back when. People so I'm just like, people have always, badass. I mean, yeah, I, 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 will I liked that. it. I liked it, uh-huh. but I had friends who were like, this game, this game looks like a PlayStation 1 game. It looks so bad. Look at it. You know, like, everybody was giving me shit about uh, Pokemon Coliseum, mm-hmm. like, when I got... I'm just saying it... Stop saying that th- that game looks better, because it does not, for sure. Trust me, I have right. both of them. I got, I got the other one, even. But what they need, uh, I think, what, what, on what you were saying, Dylan, is they need, they need like, um, they need Monolith Soft. They need the fucking Xenoblade people to come in there and yeah. help them out. They need a, they need an additional team. You know, everybody needs a Monolith. Is all I'm saying. Like, yeah, Monolith did so much for, for Zelda and Xenoblade and, yeah. and 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 like fucking Animal Crossing and and uh, Splatoon and all this shit. You know, everybody needs a Monolith. There's just they yeah. they can only do so much. Right, absolutely. I I know you said uh you got to you got to bounce in like 15 minutes, right, Dylan? About. Yeah. Well, why don't we why don't we just jump forward in our schedule here and just talk about okay. the Mario the new Mario trailer so you can yes, weigh I in on that. Yes, I forgot about that. Yeah. So there was a so there was a Mario Direct uh yesterday on the 29th. I was actually, like I said earlier, I was dealing with the flu and stuff, but I was actually I was taking a bath and I watched it in the bath, so that was all right, I guess, but didn't make it any better. Were you trying to like soothe yourself, calm yourself for what was to come? I just like I imagining you watching it on like an old CRT, and it's just like dangling above the tub, and you're like, I know this is dangerous, but I have to watch this. Yeah, candles. And- <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do. I do have candles. No, no, I, I watch. I watch it on my Amazon Fire in the in the bathtub. It's great. I use it. To, nice. I use it to watch all sorts of shit on there. And no, I was actually watching um, Chainsaw Man before before that hey, it actually nice. ended right at the right Very time nice. before uh before the new mario um movie trailer came on that episode was fucked <laughs> yeah yeah right <laughs> uh so have any of you guys read the manga or are you uh, i have not no i've, okay. I've just been watching the show but i actually have a great. friend that i've yeah. been trying to get to watch the manga that's like i'd rather just re- or i'm trying to get to watch the show they're like i'm trying to read the manga i don't want to watch the show yeah but they're probably but so I, far ahead I, I don't yeah. know. Like it depends on how you want it. You know, whatever. Yeah. It's like watching comic books. I, I, I think they're both incredibly good, and I'm I'm only gonna touch this briefly because I know this is a video game fraud, uh, podcast. But it I just it's fun. It's been funny because I I've had two coworkers. Uh, they're both brothers. One of whom has like been really digging it. Um, mm-hmm. and one of whom has like not gotten the hype at all. And I I basically told it, it them gets, yesterday. It gets better like, every episode. I, I do I that. like that's yeah. what I think it, but like yeah. I also I've read the manga already so like I know where everything goes and I know that I have a very different perspective of the adaptation than someone seeing it for the first time mm-hmm. would probably have because it's also a very weird adaptation um it, it it is goes for a very different style than uh how the manga is depicted and it's been kind of controversial for that reason but oh, okay. I I'm personally loving it is it um, the actual like uh 
Because it looks like they're using some sort of like capture technology a little bit in some of the scenes. Yeah, I, it feels. Like, I don't know like if it's like rotoscoping, but there was a feels scene, like sometimes. especially in this last episode, that felt mm-hmm. rotoscoped like a Ralph Bakshi film. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if that's the case, but like, mm. uh, I I think it might be. I think there are at least maybe some, in some uh, scenes. I mean, using rotoscoping. No matter what you say about the show, I think the animation is like really fucking good like it's really i mean really i like fantastic. the weirdness of the animation it kind of fits the no man yeah. i'm saying like it just looks really good though like mm-hmm. everything looks like they put a lot of time and money into it mm-hmm. so i'm saying absolutely um what i was going to say though is that i i basically told uh my my friend who was skeptical and wasn't really getting into it like all right dude if you if after tonight's episode because i i know what's going to happen i know exactly where they're gonna end the episode if you don't feel anything after today's episode, like yeah, you're obviously you know, not it's it. it's good, dude. I'm not I'm not gonna push you to watch anymore because like I I feel like that's kind of the the make or break mm. moment. And then t- this morning he came in and said, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I feel like that that's kind of the point of no return for a lot of people. So I'm, I'll be excited to hear uh, what you guys think. Yeah. Uh, shoot me a TM whenever you want. I love that. Uh, yeah, that I've, I've been story. I've been watching Chainsaw Man, and just because I have to say it, because not a people are talking enough about it. I've been watching Chainsaw Man and uh, the new Gundam, which is really good. Like the new, uh, the Witch from Mars Gundam on uh, Crunchyroll, which just started. They both like started at the same time, so they have the same amount of episodes. But watch that if you like Gundam at all. Anybody who's into robots, I've heard nothing but good things, and I have enough friends who are crazy oh it says my connection's unstable i hope you can hear me i can hear you um i have enough i have enough friends who are crazy about gundam that i've been getting constant updates weekly and i'm like i'm going to watch it i think i might wait for it to be done so i can just mm. go through it there, there's like, uh, there's like yeah, no, I'm, I'm a huge gundam head but it's very good like i i'm a mm. well i'm mostly like original mobile suit gundam and i watched half of zeta not all of it but i'm like you know that much Zeta's gun, that, hit and miss that much gundam i, I love but I've loved, mm. loved, loved the new Gundam. Like I think it's really, really good. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like hit and miss on Zeta. Like I think its highs are really high, but its lows are kind of like, oh, can we just get to the next part? Sure. Yeah. Um, I really like Turn A. If I, if I had to recommend one Gundam oh, series, yeah. it's like I, I have, I have it, but not one. in English. <laughs> I have Got tur- it. I have Turn A just all in Japanese, no subtitles. It looks pretty. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would say it's like. <sighs> I don't know how big Final Fantasy IX fans uh, you guys are, but like I feel like Turn A Gundam is the Final Fantasy IX of Gundam, where it's okay. like kind of this all-encompassing thing that homages, but is also so stylistically its own thing. I I, I love that show. I, I think it's worth checking out. But anyway, uh, we we came here to talk about Nintendo. <laughs> so for me, not, nine's the only. Uh... Final Fantasy I've beaten past six. So I was gonna say I don't think unfortunately yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, Turn A Gundam is like available on anything. That's the problem. Yeah, it's not the easiest um, thing to watch if you're not like trying to torrent it or like you know I I don't know I I've, I have DVDs of it but like I said no subtitles so I would totally watch it if it was available online anywhere but I don't think it is streaming wise. I uh you know if if you wanna. Like I can, we can talk in our DMs. <laughs> all right, all right, we'll, we'll figure it out later. You and meet meet, would... meet in the alley. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out later. We, yeah, yeah. I should... would love if Nintendo announced a new direct for the Mario movie, and it was just an episode of Chainsaw Man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Let's talk about the. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I just had to mention. I threw it through that in between. So apparently, so. Uh, so apparently, Chris Pratt just couldn't even show up this time. He was too hungover. So <laughs> I, I mentioned that on the Slack when uh, we posted that it was happening. He was, I was, he was like, too busy stopping 
Koopas, right? <laughs> line, line, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Koopas, yeah. No, I mean, this, uh, I mean, John put it in the notes, but yeah, I think we're going to, every voice is going to show up and be like, hey, uh, da, 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 you know, here's a, mm, even right. though Seth Rogen Sometimes, was really, yeah. really trying to throw Chris Bass, Chris Pratt under the bus on this yeah, one. Yeah, I think so. It's because he said that uh, I've been playing the game ever since the Play Choice 10, and he, he enunciated <laughs> on Play Choice 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, you know, throwing Chris under the bus. But uh, I, I think, what, what do we feel overall about this trailer? I, I Overall, I liked the trailer. I liked I it better just, than the last one. Yeah. Yeah, I, liked, I, think, I, think, I liked it better think, than the last one, but also like the Mario Kart thing was like, it was really fan servicey. And I'm like, I'm so tired of fan service right now. It's everywhere well, I would and like, everything. I, I would expect that Mario Kart would be in there and, you know, tennis and reference to Smash and all that stuff. But and I was golf. Hoping, golf I was and party. save all that for the actual movie. Like, yeah. they, don't need to, I, yeah. they don't need to tell me in the commercials and the trailer that, hey, you're going to see all these different Mario things in there. I know, I know yeah. that. Just like, get me give me a little glimpse and save some real Easter eggs for the movie. I hope that, hope that means they've got more Easter eggs for the movie. And fucking and, y- and Yoshi, Yoshi like, is in there now. Uh, pink Yoshi yeah, too. Yoshi's in there. We saw fucking right. pink Yoshi. Peach. That was sort of the feature of the, of the trailer. Actually, I, 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 I really, I really love the peach stuff actually, because she's not I a damsel too. in distress in this movie. And she has a fucking great, mm-hmm. like leotard that she's wearing or whatever. And a giant, yeah, wearing, giant battle axe her- and, that was from Mario Kart. The, the outfit. Yeah, it's her Mario, Mario Kart. I, I thought it was either that or uh, I thought it was either that or soccer because she has like a one, a one, like a one piece outfit in the soccer games, also or strikers. Right. Awesome. I mean, they they convinced me that they're they're paying attention to the details in this movie, and uh, so that has me excited. And it, it also I I think that you know from the trailer, uh, it seems like they've been listening to the reaction to the Chris Pratt voice and they scaled it back on this trailer. Like notice that he really didn't say much in this yeah, trailer right. at all. <laughs> so he went, did he go, whoa, 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 or something like that at one point. Yeah. He says some, the, he's the getting like the shit beat out of him through woo-woo. most of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there is like a, oh, he says like, let's a go or something when he's about to attack Donkey He said under his breath. Yeah. He says yeah. it, which I don't know. doesn't really make sense that he would say let's a go when he doesn't have an Italian accent anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's <laughs> fan service, like I said. <laughs> it's, I mean, none of that makes sense I, within so the movie. I, I think, yeah, I, I guess it's like, I think I think the casting is, like, interesting because it's like, you know, Charlie Day is, he's Charlie Day. Like, he's not doing a voice for Luigi, yeah. but I think, like, right. from a casting perspective, like, Charlie Day is perfect as Luigi. I did kind of like, love that he's... part, actually, though, of the trailer. I did, I love the exchange between Bowser and Luigi. Like that whole part, I thought right. was great. Yeah, like I yeah. was like, this Charlie is Day is Charlie Day is, yeah. is 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 dialing up his Charlie persona from it's always sunny up exactly a little bit, exactly. and then mm-hmm. putting a family friendly filter on it, and it works. <laughs> I think it's great. I'm I'm, yeah, I'm here for it. It's it's good. And I, Jack I guess Black's it's like... just Bowser. He's just uh he's just the menacing but but kind dad. He is chewing up that role. He is loving it, and I am so happy to just listen to that performance. And I bet his kids are proud of him, and he's happy about it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He's very into it. Um. Yeah, I think for me, it's like the because I I feel like the internet's being a little too hard on Chris Pratt. Um, but it's like on the other hand, I do kind of get it. Um, I feel like when I when I hear Charlie Day as Luigi, it's like 
even if that's not the Luigi voice, that's still the Luigi character. He's got this kind mm-hmm. of skittish yeah. energy mm-hmm. to it. Um, I feel like, you know, Chris Pratt is Mario because Chris Pratt plays a lot of everyman characters. But sure. like when I when I think about Mario, I don't really think about like an everyman. I know that's kind of what he's supposed to be, but like, yeah, it I had think- to have been. It really had to have been the Lego movie that got him on in the radar that's what i think you don't think it was you don't think that miyamoto's a fan of guardians of the galaxy come on those games were huge or those movies were huge maybe he's a big maybe he goes back all the way back to like parks and rec or something yeah the original uh, original chris pratt miyamoto was a huge fan of jurassic world it it was truly (laughs) the relationship between chris pratt's character and the dinosaurs that made him see mario and yoshi well he said it he said when he was a child, he used to like look for dinosaurs in his garden. So kind of true. Sense. We have the yeah. Yoshi's of the yeah, time. Absolutely. I think he really loved him in Passengers with the uh, was it Jennifer Lawrence like that one that really shitty oh, yeah, that movie was the, the Mario and Peach relationship. <laughs> that movie was really really bad. Like he liked that one. <laughs> yeah, this pulling. For moral it. of the story: get into a Lego movie and then you know you're set. Yeah, there we go. No, I liked. Uh, I, I I guess like the yeah. What I liked the most of it was uh, was Peach. Like I liked that. Where she was like, uh, "Oh, there's this whole, this is whole world out there, you know." And yeah, and you got the you got the Mario Kart suit, and and she's like, "I've been, you know, I've been getting fucked fucked over by this Bowser character forever, mm-hmm. and we're ready to fight." And I like that so mm-hmm. much better, like that she's actually gonna. And and I, I got a little bit, I got kind of got chills a little bit when she got the fire flower and it, like showed her like with the firepower and all. Yeah, that. And yeah. I was like, I was like great, yeah. Let's refreshing. make it like like the 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 party, the fighting party together instead of just like. What did the toads stuck in a say? Like, what are we time? supposed to do? We're adorable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, yeah, that was kind of. Yeah, I, I like the toads. I, I, I really like the. Um, I, I, I've never been like too big on um, Illumination as a studio. Like, yeah. there's something yeah. about like their movies have always looked. Really, I'm not gonna say uncanny, but like slightly off to me. But um, yeah. Whatever. Like whatever techniques. I don't know if it's in lighting or in rendering or whatever they're doing for this movie. It's it's really working for me. So that's another like real nice thing to see. Yeah, it looks very pretty. Definitely yeah. give them that. I just uh, I just I hate Mario's shirt. I ha- I hate the fucking collared shirt under collar- under the overalls. Oh, I gotta pull this up now because I wasn't paying that close attention. <laughs> I just want at the end of the movie to him get the actual like red shirt that he has like in all the other Mario games. I just want him to like you know like the Netflix shows like with. With like a Daredevil or whatever, where it takes like seven episodes for you to get the full Daredevil costume. Like, just just let us have Mario have the right costume at the end of the movie. That's that's all I want. I kind of get why they added a little bit more detail like that because I think in the games, like you never even see really his neck. You never really see underneath his chin. Like the shirt just goes, you know, up to straight up to his chin. I guess in the in the GameCube ones, you do. Like Mario's been in very high detail for a long time. I'm just telling you, he wears a fucking t-shirt under there. We get, I mean, he has nipples. We've yeah, seen his nipples. Like, so we know. Well, we, we've seen his nipples, yes. There's never been a collar. There's mm-hmm. never been a collar to it. Rest assured, they've made sure, even though he doesn't take his shirt off in the movie, they've fully rendered the nipples in every detail underneath that shirt. Yeah. It just, I don't know. The way the, way the shirt looks is weird. Oh, uh, shit. He does have a t-shirt underneath. Sorry, that that's kind of fucking with me now. It'd be, it'd be funny if they just if they just got to that. That's like the, that's the post credits is him like throwing out that shirt and putting on the actual like long sleeve <laughs> shirt, and then it's like da da da, you know, like that's that's be what I would into, I'd be into. The hands are bothering me. The hands uh, are they're like almost normal proportions, like as, as far as like a usual human. Whereas in the in the game, his hands are a little bit oversized, a little bigger, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, like there's a moment in the trailer when Mario and Luigi 
are like soaring through a pipe or something and they join hands I'm like this that's hands look wrong i don't, know, I don't get it <laughs> give them bigger hands yeah i don't know i i felt better about this trailer than the other one i guess yeah, cause yeah probably felt, because probably because there's less less chris pratt in it but i felt i felt pretty good about the first trailer that was, yeah, was showed a little say, less felt... it was really a teaser mm-hmm. right so yeah, just yeah. about building up that that moment the whole thing with the penguins and uh, showing a little bit of the Mushroom King, all right? So this is like the first real full trailer, and I think there was a lot in there. There was a lot to look around into the background and see, uh, you know, a couple of dozen Easter eggs and, you know, characters. Like I saw Funky Kong. Funky Kong is in the movie. He's in the, the Mario yeah. Kart. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the movie has Funky Mode. Yeah. Yeah, Funky Kong. That's well, cool. Did, yeah. And, uh, Dix, Dixie like and Dixie and Diddy are in the background too, like for when. Uh, what What do you think about the redesign of Donkey Kong? They made him all like comical or something now. Yeah, it's it looks like a little whatever. bit more. They, they kind of brought it back to to like the original arcade design a little bit. It's like a, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. still he's still he's still yeah. he's still been he's still business Donkey Kong though. He's still got his fucking tie on. For whatever reason, yeah, he, he's still on his way to a meeting or, or on his way to a interview or whatever he was doing before. Uh, well, yeah, I, I guess it's like in my mind, there's like a distinction between like Shigeru Miyamoto's Donkey Kong as he exists in like Mario canon and Donkey Kong as he kind of exists off doing his own thing. And I think kind of taking the more iconic rare designed for um, Donkey Kong, but like giving him like slight elements of the original arcade donkey yeah. kong in terms of like demeanor um i think is like a really nice way to integrate him into the story here <clears throat> sure i agree i agree and i i, I also want to say like as far as all these redesigns i i hope these are like the actual canon whether i like them or, or not i just hope that this is the canon going forward i don't want to have the movie mario and the game mario oh no i i do though i i want i, I want the I'd movie mario to not actually <laughs> I want the movie Mario to be the movie Mario. I do not want the movie Mario mm-hmm. to be the game Mario. I want the game Mario to be the game Mario. The movie Mario can be its own kids bullshit thing. I want the game separated from all this. I do not want them to come together ever. I don't. I don't want that. Yeah, I I'm kind of leaning in that direction as well. Um, I think I'm I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to like break down in my head why I feel that way. But it's like I guess like when I look at other franchises where there's like multiple canons or continuities. Trying not to mention Sonic, but like Sonic seems like the go-to, right? Um, I don't know. I, I guess it's like it, it kind of keeps the perspective that like different people have worked on different iterations of this character and everyone can pick and choose their favorites. Um, so I, I think like, you know, Illumination Mario is Illumination Mario precisely because like, you know, this was the product of um, Mario's creator placing his trust in a team of talented individuals who put their own spin on the character and we can appreciate it as that thing in a vacuum. Yeah. I mean, well, I think, you know, the video game version of it is the ultimate canon of all of it. And whatever is this movie Mm -hmm. is like homage to that. I don't want the movie to be the game. The game is a separate thing. It's like for me, somebody like growing up on comic books and then all of a sudden, like your favorite comic book characters look like fucking, uh, Robert Downey Jr. All of a sudden, even though maybe Iron Man didn't look like that before, that's kind of annoying. Yeah, that's you know, like really where the, where they alter it. things yeah. to way it is in the movie. It's like, can't we just have the comic that we had before? Like, can't you just keep it the fucking same? Oh, you know the the thing that really I think the first time that ever really really bothered me was um 
I remember when the Prince of Persia movie came out, like back in 2011 oh. or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, deep pull. Um, <laughs> they did like a reprint of the Sands of Time video game, but like they replaced <laughs> the old cover with like a very Jake Gyllenhaal eyes prince. Yeah. Um, like you don't, that, you, yeah, that you don't want that. Wrong. Yeah, no, you, you don't want that. You want the actual original game. No, I don't. I don't want the. I don't want the merge merging of both of those together. Like, so it's further confusing to me that that uh, Universal went with this redesign, Universal Illumination, uh, being that Universal has the theme parks where, where they're utilizing the video game design, and so I would have, th- I would have thought that. Well, they want the real they design said, that's existed. But I would have for thought that they would have said, years. "Okay, we're investing, uh, you know, a billion dollars into these Nintendo parks. Make them look like the make the make the movie Mario look like the video game Mario." I don't know why they allowed a separate look, given that they were investing all this money into the the theme parks. I, I would have assumed that they would want more uniformity between the movie and the park. But I guess huh. maybe what what you were saying, Dylan, is. It's true that they just wanted to let Illumination do their own thing. I, I would think that if you're yeah. making a Nintendo park, you want it to look like the video games and not the movie. Like, I, oh yeah, if you're no, making I, a I park, you want to make, fuck the movie, like the, make it yeah, on no, what's I, the actual thing that people have loved oh, yeah, for yeah, years. No, 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 I, yeah. I, I agree with that absolutely. You want it to look like the video games, but like, why not go the full route and make the movie look like the video games too? When you're building a theme park in in so, conjunction with this movie, because movie I'm stuff still has to move, still has to have its moviness, right? It yeah. Still has so to I, be I guess like I'm not more an realistic animator, or whatever. So I I can't really speak to this, but um, I feel like because certainly there's like probably a, a bunch of things that like whoever did the the character designs for the movie version uh had to consider um like what elements of Mario's design may or may not work with like the shot composition or choreography or you know whatever an animator has to consider that uh you could do with mario's default design but like maybe might not or might just prove to be harder for an animator to do and i i'm I'm trying to choose my words carefully because i i don't want it to sound like one is easier to emote for example than the other design because i don't think that's necessarily the case but i think like it's a different this movie's being handled by like animators who come from like a different school of character design of animation of like what works and what is convenient and what type of character design has emotions that is easily readable to an audience for example um and again i have to reiterate i'm talking out of my ass right now i'm not an but I, I think, like, you know, being an actor, I, I, I think, like, there are those considerations uh, when trying to repackage a character in something that is a more emotionally invested medium of storytelling, I suppose. I hope this is making any monochrome of, sec- of sense. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I think so. Different considerations, you know, for movie animation mm-hmm. versus game animation, and maybe there's something that we all don't recognize because we're not we're not animators. I mean I think that everything should be able to have its own spin on things or whatever. It should all it should be able to be its own thing. You know, like this movie Mario will be a little different from the game because it's a movie or whatever. You know, like I, I think that should be allowed. 
because that's their own interpretation of it. Like, you know, I don't think everything should be as much as I say, like, you know, respect canon and all that. Like, I don't think everything should be exactly the same all the time because then you have mm-hmm. everything's the same. Like, you need it, there needs to be a little bit of spin, I think, on, on all the different uh, iterations that you do on uh, whatever, you know, like comic book movies or video game movies should still have its own thing and be separate enough, I guess, but still have still have the uh, idea of the of the character in there and the and the soul of it and all that, if that makes any sense. Yeah. No, I certainly agree with that. Yeah. Um, Does this make anybody more excited for the movie, or I, I Honestly, was, yeah, I, I was, I was so. more excited. Yeah, I was a little yeah. more excited, even though I, I, I saw, I saw stuff on the internet that's that's like, uh, you might be able to buy it early before the game before it comes to theaters, and I'm like, I'll do that. I will buy it and watch it at home, so I don't have to go to the theater. Yeah, that's fair. That's super fair. Yeah. You're really not going to um, go to the theater to see this movie. If I can buy it at home, fuck no, I'm not. <laughs> but if I get you know we get we get a sixty five inch TV out there it looks great. It's 4K. I still have a uh, gift certificate to the movie theater from last year, from last Christmas. I have so a gift certificate to the movie theater from like yeah. twenty years ago. It's it's almost falling apart. Nice. It's, uh, well, then yeah. maybe use it for Mario. I don't I don't know if it works or not. It looks like it, it's it's from like the it looks from the dark ages. Like look at this shit. <laughs> it's right oh there. wow. Yeah, this is it's from it's from like two thousand five or something. Um, this is probably the last thing I'll, I'll be able to touch on before I should probably head out. But, um, I, I just wanted to talk about the, the first little teaser, um, since I wasn't here <laughs> to talk about it when it dropped, sure. I guess. Um, I actually, I, I kind of liked it. I, d- I didn't think it was like, so I think the reason why I liked it was because even though it didn't really show off like anything in the movie to get excited for from like a, fan of mario perspective from like a perspective of like here's what the thing looks like here's what the thing moves like here's the timing of jokes here's the it's like a vertical slice almost for like how it's going to be handled dramatic um and i when i say dramatically it it sounds like i'm giving it so much gravitas but like i think you get what i mean right like this is kind of an example of what the writing of this movie is going to be like like here's a little bit of humor. Here's a little bit of um, you you're getting a sense of like the director's style, I guess. Um, and I, I don't know. Like I I thought like watching that teaser, I was like, okay, okay, cool. I see what they're going for. Um, and you know now with this trailer, we've gotten all the more fun stuff of like, oh, there's Rainbow Road. Oh, there's Donkey Kong. Oh, mm-hmm. that's what Toad or uh, that's what Luigi sounds like. Um, look, there's Peach and she's doing cool shit. That's awesome. So like that that's like the more fun part of movie coverage. Um and I think those two things together, like I now have like a solid enough picture of what this movie's going to be like that. Yeah, I think I'm pretty excited to to see the final product whenever it drops. Yeah, I mean I'm gonna watch it for sure. I mean, yeah. and you know, I wasn't I didn't think the I didn't think the I didn't think the teaser was like awful or anything i just mm-hmm. some of the jo- i don't know some of the jokes with the penguins didn't really land for me but you could see the scope of it mm-hmm. like once like bowser's mm-hmm. like ship came in i was like okay yeah no they're putting a lot of money in this you know cool yeah but this one i was a little bit more like oh you know i was a little bit more excited about it and i don't know for some reason that line that peach gave like saying like oh there's this much bigger world out here it just gave me like this uh there's more galaxies yeah yeah exactly galaxies. well it gave me this like a uh, mm-hmm. galaxy feeling i was like i was like is she talking about rosalina well i know rosalina's 
I don't know. I don't know how that works. She's like her kid from another dimension or something in the future. I don't know. That that whole I don't think they're gonna story is all over the place. But still, it made me think of Rosalina <laughs> and Galaxy and like the and you know and like the little star whatever they're called yeah. and and it was like that oh, line yeah. made me think yeah. that Rosalina and Galaxies and all that will be the after credits teaser for what's to come. Mm. That'd be real nice. Actually, also, that would be a hell of a sequel hook. I would I would dig it mm-hmm. if that was how they decide to drop the mic. I was hoping the after credits would just be them all just like golfing together at the end. Like, like, <laughs> like the Avengers after credits where they go to that fucking, uh, to the, to the place where they go, the to, the, where they go to the shawarma place, <laughs> like same sort of thing. It's just, and like, it's all of them and Bowser too. And they're all just golfing. He's just like, Oh my God, let's golf. <laughs> yeah. And I and, and they got to have some sort of reference to Mario party in there somewhere. I'll be really upset if they don't like, don't forget about that. My favorite. I think one they'll of my definitely Mario hit parties. on, on everything, yeah. every Mario genre. I want to see Can't Mario T just typing. <laughs> we Mario's need, missing. We need to see like yeah. uh, somebody say like chance time or something like that. And everybody like, oh my God, look out. <laughs> Shit's going to go. Shit's getting crazy now. Can't wait for Mario to push Luigi into the lava. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> or they could do that. Maybe Lu- maybe a Yoshi has to sacrifice so- sacrifice itself in this. Ah, uh, there we go. There it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or Let's the- get over that. That lines in the credits. They all get to get. They all got to get on top oh, of man. beach balls and run into each other, <laughs> like Mario Party style. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, uh, Bowser makes them play Russian roulette. <laughs> I mean, it's it probably happened in one of the Mario Party games. Bowser's that's, real. Mean that's essentially what the um hit like the 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 wire cutting one was. Oh yeah, where yeah. It's like oh, I love yeah yeah. That's a good one. Or yeah, the one where you like push the thing down and it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's the yeah, one yeah. I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. All right, well, uh, we'll let you go, but thanks so much for joining us, Dylan. Uh, let everybody where, know where to find you on the internet before you go. Yes, um, if you want to hit me up, follow me, uh, yell at me for some reason, please be nice. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the Dilla. That is T H A underscore D I L A. I was glad um, that I, I could still stuff, find you on I... there because a lot of people have left, but you're still there. <laughs> Yeah, I figured I'd, I'd hold it down until, like, the site actively stopped functioning. We'll see what happens. Yeah, me too. Once it gets taken off the Apple Store, then we know it's time to go. I'm, uh, I, I'm, uh-huh. I'm staying on the ship to see how long, it, how far it sinks or whatever. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, I believe you have my email, I think. Um, yeah. If not, we, we can work that out uh, after or in the morning when I wake up. Sure. Um. But yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely. I so, mean, I'll tag you on the Twitter when I post it on Twitter for sure. As well. Okay, so, cool, cool. All that stuff. But yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, and, thanks uh, for coming. Yeah, back. no problem. And nice so to you talk to you yeah, again. Thanks for having me. Um, I'll hopefully talk to you guys again soon. Yeah, definitely. We'll see what. Have happens. a wonderful rest of your year if we don't talk to you before. for sure. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Thank you, guys. All right. Take care. All right. Well, let's uh let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk about the rest of our stuff. Sounds good.
Hey, you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show? Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over! So we're back from the break. Um, I I, I kind of like uh, foreshadowed this when when uh, Dylan was here. Now he's not anymore. But I do I did want to talk about one other game that I got, which has the longest name of all time. I wrote it down just to make sure that I would remember all of it because it took me forever to remember it. This is what I what else I've been playing aside from Pokemon. Uh, Shin Chan, me and the professor on summer vacation, the endless seven day journey is the full or like the endless name. seven day title. Yeah. Um, it's a, I've talked about this game a bunch of times. It's, um, it's basically, it's, it's, it's the, probably like the only version of a uh, Boko no Natsuyami that ever came out here in America. Is this the crayon Chan thing? Yeah. The Shin Chan thing that I kept talking about. Um, okay. you, you know, uh, Tim, Tim Rogers did like a six hour, uh, review of Boko, uh, Boko no Natsuyasumi, which is a PlayStation One game. Anyway, he did a six-hour review of it, and I've been watching parts of it while I've been sick and all that. So it's like a six-hour, extremely detailed review of it. Like, yeah, that's that's what he that's what he's like a Ken Burns PBS documentary. That's that's what he does now, I guess. Tim Rogers does like these multiple-hour reviews of one game, <laughs> but it's, wow. I mean they're done really well. Like it's obviously like. You know, it's completely fully edited, and he shot a bunch of extra shit for it. Is and there it, enough meat to the game to? Do, yeah, I guess. Well, does. I mean, he goes he goes into like the you know the whole like the reason why it's called like Boko Nu, which is like a okay, per, which is like a pronoun you would use for yourself in Japanese and all so that. It's like tangential, he, like he goes hard. He goes hard into it, like really, really hard into mm. it. How and do he, you fill six hours with all that? Just just watch just watch some of the video. Like he will talk about every single fucking part of the game. I mean, uh, I, for a very, there's very long like time. a. I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite podcasts, but I do watch it. I don't know if you've heard of his, History Civilis, no. Historic Civilis, but it's about, it's just mostly about 
um, uh, the books that uh, Caesar wrote during his like conquest of Rome and like, well, conquesting like the uh, surrounding territories and stuff. And these videos will be like 45 minutes long. And it's just like a lot of shapes moving around and they're still like profoundly interesting. It's just like showing how the units were moving around the battlefield and what they were doing. And I don't know, you can do a lot with, long form youtube content if you do it right i only i only watched like honestly i only watched like an hour and a half a half a half of it but i uh, was really enjoying it anyway what i was getting at is um these games uh that that this basically the shinchan game is a version of these uh, boko no not natsuyasumi games and these games are basically um I've talked about it before. It's a Japanese nostalgia for the summer. Uh, they basically all take place like at the same time, pretty much. They take place in August in 1975 in various places in rural Japan. All of the original uh, Boku no Natsuyasumi games do. And, uh, and there's like five of them or something, and they only came out in Japan, not here. But this is the first one that's finally come out here, and it has Shin-chan being the main character who experiences Japanese nostalgia in 1970s rural Japan, just like all the other ones, except now it's Shin-chan. Is this a bit like uh, putting the characters into the Harvest Moon games or the uh, kind of, I guess, of yeah, games? Yeah, yeah, sort of like uh, having that one person. Doraemon? Yeah, do yeah, the Doraemon on there. It's similar to that, I guess, but... So you've got a skeleton already for, like... yeah the game and then you just add familiar characters and maybe so yeah so basically bring a writer in yeah so you so you and your family you go out to rural japan you're staying in, in a house you know it's basically like a he even mentions in the video like a um like my my neighbor totoro like that's also like a you know japanese nostalgia for summer and all that stuff like that. it's a he it's huge in japan like there's he said you could make a whole playlist of it that lasted for years is that, that the sound people of the singing cicadas? about that yeah, the cicadas are in there. There's giant sunflowers. Mm -hmm. Like that's another big part of the game. So as I think well. if, if they're in this game, like, also. the first thing I think of when I think of that isn't isn't the giant mechs. It's the, it's the cicadas, cicadas. Yeah, yeah, so... yeah. They're in there. Well, a lot of anime stuff has that has the cicadas mm -hmm. in there. And you, well, in this game, you can catch a lot of bugs, and there are like multiple different types of cicadas you can get. But yeah, it's just a, you're you're basically the kid, uh, you know, Shinchan, and you do and you do the like jokes that Shinchan would do, and it is Shinchan's family and all that. But you go out to the rural Japan. And the idea is just to explore the area, you know, it's like find the bugs, like catch the fish. There's little like checkpoints that you can do for different, like you can turn things into different restaurants to get like pocket money where you'll get like some, some yen where you can buy some stuff with. You have, you have like a, you basically have a stamina bar and the game originally played like a Resident Evil game where it had like the, the tank controls and like the solid uh, picture background and all that. And this one does the same thing where it has a solid picture background, uh, no camera angles, like just one thing. And whenever you exit that, that picture and you go to the next one, you lose a small bit of your stamina. So that's how it like measures like how much stamina you lose. And you can only run around for a certain amount of time before they'll be like, okay, now it's time for you to go to go to dinner. And then you have dinner and then you do more stuff at night. And, the idea from what I heard, what do I understand from Tim Rogers' video, is the original Boku no uh, Natsuyasume, you could basically, it was like the original Animal Crossing. You could play you could play the game like a hundred times and you wouldn't ever see everything because there are certain things that happen at certain times of day within this like seven day period or whatever. And that's cool. what I find it like so incredibly intriguing about it. And uh and yeah, this game is beautiful. It looks like a Ghibli. It looks like a Ghibli game movie. Like it's it's like hand painted backgrounds that are like incredibly beautiful. And whenever like the day ends, there's this really beautiful sunset that you that it shows you. And it's just like 
everything just looks really, really good. And it's very simplistic, but it's done really well. You can farm. Uh, there's a farm in there. You can you can water your water your plants and whatnot. And it's and and they 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 follow that whole like the Boko no uh, Natsuyasumi formula. But also it gets weird. Like all of a sudden dinosaurs show up and there's like an evil quote unquote scientist that has decided to bring dinosaurs back to life for the fun of it or whatever. We don't, we don't know what's going on with him, but it's just like, oh yeah, there's a Brachiosaurus over there and there's a fucking pterodactyl flying around right now. I don't know why. Because <laughs> you got your regular like a uh, Japanese nostalgia for summer, but then all of a sudden shit gets weird. And it's a game I've really been wanting to play for a long time. It was on sale. It was on sale for Black Friday, so I went and picked it up and... It's gorgeous. It's a lot of fun to play. If you want something very simple, but also weird and Japanese at the same time, it's right up my alley because I love all that shit. So, I mean, it's I'd be very surprised if this one doesn't make the list of the year. I mean, but it's one, it's been a long time coming. This is like one I've heard multiple people talk about for a long time. So, how old is the series? Uh, PlayStation 1. Like I said, uh, but the original Boku no Natsuyasumi came out on PlayStation 1. And I think it came out in like, what, like 2002 or something like that, maybe? So it's like t- over twenty years old. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been around been around for quite some time. Sounds almost like more of a museum piece than a game. I mean, not to say that it doesn't have a I don't know something about playing it has historical value to an extent. I mean, I like I, I, I like the simplicity of it. I like that you're just you're just going around. You know, you go fishing. You go. You're trying to find mm-hmm. all the fish. Like it's kind of like a like Animal Crossing in a way. Slice of life. And and in the original one, the original PlayStation One one. You develop relationships, or you, you you know develop friendships with people that you talk to, and you may you may get certain uh, pieces of dialogue depending on how what you do during the amounts during the times of days that you're there. I think this one is a little bit more lenient, where I think you get more time. But the original one, you only had a certain amount of days, and you can only do so much with your time within these days. That's why you can play through it like so many different times and get completely different outcomes every time. It's just interesting because they don't really make games like this, and it's very. Uh, very different. Uh, the original game came out in 2000, and uh, on January 22nd, 2000, so it's 22 years old, the series is. So, just fall into the rabbit hole of uh, Boku no Natsuyasumi, and, uh, and you'll you'll get where I'm coming from here on this game. But yeah, the Shinchan game is the first American-released one, and it's very pretty. It's very simple, but very great at the same time, and it's got weird. Are all the characters? Do they look that like that style, or is it, they do? Uh, yeah, they they all have the Shin, the Shin Chan style. Okay. So that yeah, they're all basically yeah they they basically took his family and put it into this uh, not a fish out of water the Boko the Boko New uh, Nazi right. world. Not Mario going to New Donk City and being like, oh wait, <laughs> this isn't actually humans. Wonder if the the real humans will be in the Mario movie. That, that contrast when he goes to New Donk City. Yeah, they need to figure. They need to. They need to answer that question. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 a cool ass game. Like it's like I said, it's very pretty. It looks very cool. Um, it's something I've been wanting to play forever, and I'm glad that I finally got it. And that's and that's that. Was that all you needed to talk about this week? I'm or good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll I'll flip through this pretty quick because mostly what I played was what we already discussed. Pokemon Trey generously purchased that for me. Thank you, Trey. I could not have played it anytime soon without you getting it for me. And uh, turns out I love this game. So Pokemon got a chance on my list this year because of Trey. So you'll hear more about that in the coming weeks. I thought you'd like um, it. It's it's a good game. It's a damn good game uh, with a whole bunch of bugs around it. But actually hot off the press, this happened during our break. They are actually releasing a patch tomorrow that's supposed to fix a lot of the bugs. We'll see what that actually means. Boom. But no, no, it's, there's one coming out December 1st. 
as of right now, just just got dropped on the on the, the hot off the press there. There's actually some new um uh competitive battle mechanics that are getting added as well, I guess. But yeah, they said they're fixing bugs. There's gonna be some bug fixes, so I don't know. It's only crashed a couple times on me, so that's been that much. They need to fix the water. That's what they need to do. They gotta fix that water. Uh, so as far as what I bought myself before that because uh, i did miss last week um, i wasn't on the show last week uh just for the first time in the history of nintendo main i couldn't be on an episode it was it was very weird seeing that seeing the update on patreon post the new episode i'm like oh, i'm not on that but uh yeah i wasn't here i was i was really busy last week but you know i'm back and uh i had purchased the hotline miami collection for three bucks i finally bought that and i'm having a lot okay. more fun with that with a controller i got further in it than i ever have in the original game i actually got to where i'm took my girlfriend back to the apartment and she's like laying in the bed in there and stuff. And I fought my first boss and stuff. So yeah, really fun. Takes me back to playing a uh, um, uh, Katana zero, just a very similar oh, yeah, yeah. sort of one hit kill, super gory, super twisted and not quite, you don't know if you're the good guy or the bad guy. I got to go back to that. I bought it like, like a year ago or so. I yeah, think but- 30 minutes into it. Really good, sound, really good soundtrack. The collection, too. yeah, the soundtrack's worth it alone. Just yeah, the music's really, really good. The music is so good. And like, it sounded like it had the, the music. I don't even know what the genre of the music is in that game, but it sounded retro and new at the same time when it came out, you know, almost 10 years ago now, or maybe it was 10 years ago. And, uh, and now that music still sounds futuristic and retro at the same time. I just can't really identify what. It's like lo-fi, distorted, electronic, and whatever it is they're doing, I, I love it. I love that style, and I'd love to hear more stuff like that. And I even booted up the second game, played not very much of it, just to hear the music. And, you know, the music was good in that one, too, you know, the little bit I played of it. But, yeah, three. I think it was like three bucks, maybe four bucks. You know, I was just like, I got to buy something. This is two games. It's like I'm buying a cheap CD, really, because the music's so good. It says it um, came out in 2012 originally for uh, yeah so yeah right right, right. for uh, yeah for computers so. and it was actually made in a you know it's a, one of those success stories where it was made in like a um, a suite like a software suite and you know so they didn't they weren't really developers but they learned how to use the software and made this fantastic game it had a lot of really good um, people contribute to the soundtrack which i think was pretty instrumental in how well that game ended up doing but john also sent me uh, a gift and uh, well, he sent me some eShop credits, so I don't know what to buy. So I thought I might just pose that here. Um, I was looking around a little bit, and I'm like, well, it's most of what I would need with my gold points to get a full price game. But also the Atari collection, I could just grab that right away. I could grab Zeno 3. Even if I'm not going to play it right away, I could grab it. And, uh, <laughs> it's probably going to go on sale sometimes. It might go on sale for uh, Christmas. It wasn't. Right. It wasn't on sale much for Black Friday. I thought about getting that for you too, but, but if it went I, to like I went, I went for the, yeah. over the holiday, I might, I might do it. So I don't know, but I've got a little bit of money actually hanging out in my account right now, and thank, thanks to John. So um, just kind of like looking for ideas. Uh, the Atari is the most compelling one, just because I really liked. You know, it took me forever to finally buy the. Um, Goddamn, why am I blanking on it now? The the uh, S and K collection. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. the which ended up being like really really cool, like just the presentation of it, like it's fun to play just for the the extras and stuff. So I've heard a lot of really good things about this, and having been put together by the same 
um, company that puts together the Calabunga collection, you know, they've got a pretty strong um, pedigree. So, yeah, I think John actually got the game. So maybe we'll hear a little bit more I hope about so. that. But I, mean, that's, I did at least know, want to throw that out in the, the universe. I've got, not only did I get, you know, Pokemon brand new game, but I actually get to get another brand new game. I just don't know what yet. Well, what I what I would say to you, like basically what I've been looking at, and I'm sure you know what I'm going to say, is I say, uh, well, you know, what are those games that you want to have in your game of the year categories that you haven't got to? Like stuff maybe you heard of over the year that you haven't played yet. Like that's what I would say. Like for anything you want to pick up, like try to pick up stuff that, that's kind of what I was trying to do over Black Friday. That's, it's just, but I mean, that's gra- kind of what I grab grab the stuff that was that kind of slipped through the cracks originally. You know, I know Cult of the Lamb is still on sale. That one's been really tempting for me. I thought, I mean, the only reason I say that is I think you might like it because people compared it to Hades. Yeah, but uh, but you know, it's stuff like that, like the stuff that people have talked about a lot that like maybe we couldn't get to yet. You know, just mm-hmm. be like, oh yeah, well, what's uh, what what's something that I want to check out? You know. That's that's all I have to say on that. I mean, Xenoblade Chronicles is a huge game of the year for me, but also that's a fucking two hundred hour game, and there's right. like and, an, and there's like a month left the in the game, year. Right. So I mean, I don't see you actually getting to it. Any, I thought no. about getting that for you too, but I thought Pokemon was more in the moment, and I know you really liked Sword and Shield, and you also really liked Arceus. So I figured Pokemon was a pretty, oh, you yeah, know, it was a, a pretty I'm, good I'm, chance I'm, you'd like it. So you know, I'm truly bona fide. Pokemon fan um, after these last couple of games. So, uh, yeah, but anyway, like that just kind of like, gives me a little padding. So, I don't know. If there's a big release coming out in the next couple of weeks, I might look at it. I, I thought about Bayonetta as well, but. Oh, yeah, there's that one too. <laughs> that um, I keep forgetting about. Oh, yeah, Harvestell also. It's a lot of games that seem appealing off the bat, but I'm also like, man, Pokemon's so good. And I still got Dark Souls. And I still got all these other great games I'm playing. Like, I think I just want to let this sit for a little bit. I mean, but you got at least like another about, like twenty hours probably on. Uh, there's another game I want to hear about as well that came out this past week that is right around that price called Sifu. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I want to hear a little bit about that one too because that's on my um, on my radar. But uh, last thing I wanted to talk about was I mentioned it a little bit on the podcast before, but uh, I was in a mustache contest, and so was my partner Shauna, well, my fiance now, and uh, she took home first runner-up for the house so i got my participation prize or whatever you know i still had a great time and it was so fun and uh yeah watch the video you said it's funny oh so you actually were able to see the video before it got taken down i i watched it i tried to watch i tried to watch it copyright struck it i tried to watch it right after you sent it and it was said it said not available in your country is what it said to me yeah it's gone now i I took a picture of it and and put it on the slack bar well, there's a couple of owners that like co-own it, and I figured uh, it was uh, the one who streamed it. Don't, I mean, don't, don't, don't. I've said it before. Don't fuck with 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 song copyright, like music copyright in America. Don't fuck with that shit. They will, they will completely pull you off. Yeah, they, they weren't even. They did it to uh, thinking about that because they did it to doing... Jess. Yeah, they did it to Jess and I's podcast. Pulled the podcast mm. completely off the internet, like every single episode that ever existed, because of having like thirty seconds of a fucking DMX song or something like that. So. Don't fuck with that shit. <laughs> they will come for you. I mean, for like regular mainstream music. Yeah. <laughs> no, X gonna um, give it to you. I think it's what it's. I think it's what got us. But yeah. But yeah, my mustache. You know, I, if I was gonna go a little bit over what I did, which ended up, you know, it it, it performed well. I had a lot of audience participation, and like we were talking, you know, we were laughing and joking, and it was fun. But um, I just like I wrote a poem, and I was like playing sort of a clueless 
character that You're was sort of like a hick, right? You're a little bit, yeah. And like I was that, trying yeah. to, I was, uh, yeah, I was kind of a hick, and I was like, sort of like in my head, like if you got really good at writing poetry, you could get rich. So that was like kind of my idea. Like, I'm like, you know, I just do this for now, but like I've been working on my poetry, and it's going to get me rich. And here's an example. And so I read a poem, which turned out to be kind of a someone in the someone said it was like a bit like a night uh night before christmas kind of poem but it was about the people that were there you know i kind of like threw some names in there and i like made it sort of about the history and included some references and basically just trying to placate the people that were there but at the same time trying to make people laugh and participate and stuff so i had a lot of fun with that um but shauna's whole thing like she created this character called edgar Allan pole which is kind of a drag king character she invented where it starts out as she had you know she had a big old bushy mustache she had a all this like victorian type clothing she was wearing to look kind of like you know as much as she could make herself look like edgar Allan poe from like pictures and stuff you've seen of him and then like she ended up doing like a more burlesque kind of like striptease thing where she transformed into like sexy edgar Allan poe while she was singing uh, uh edgar or edgar, while she was singing this alan <laughs> Parsons Project song called About the Raven that was off their first album, I guess. So it, it was awesome. Like she had us come out and like me and uh, uh, our friend Katie like came out and gave her different pieces of her costumes so she could change on the fly on the stage. And she she just did this really cool routine. And uh, yeah, she wowed the crowd like and, and she ate up the scenery. She really she did a great job. And uh, the person who ended up winning was stone cold steve austin and he nailed it so it's like everybody who won like if i would have placed i would have felt bad because so it seemed like literally everyone else but me put so much work and i just kind of did a light caricature of myself and uh just sort of tried to do a little improv which which turned out okay like but because i know the guy who officiated it pretty well like i think that helped me out a lot too where we could kind of feed off each other but uh yeah the people that one it, it was just it was really fun it ended up being like another memorial kind of event to our friend who had passed away um a, 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 i guess over the summer of a heart attack suddenly and he had been the winner for multiple years in the past and he was actually you know in the contest last year so a lot of it was kind of like sort of like a memorial to him too so it was a great time and they uh they paid us in drinks so i didn't like have to pay for any drinks the whole night i was there like they had like a big bucket of beers best way to get paid and they gave us tickets to like get free drinks at the bar and then at the end everybody got a gift bag that had more like tokens for free drinks in it so nice (laughs) hey that's that's, yeah that's how they paid it's not a bad way to get paid that's how Uh a lot of the comedians keep doing it i know so in a way i kind of yeah i sort of like i feel like i was in a way i was a professional performer this past weekend because i got sort of paid for it and i played uh played drums on stage a little bit too yeah i've seen you play drums before pretty good at i'm sure you're much better now than you were back in whenever early 2000s Mm -hmm. when we played (laughs) yeah when i did theater bazaar a couple months ago you know i kind of commented after the first uh show or two it was like i was talking to one of the guys who does it professionally and i said well i'm enjoying this because i kind of feel like i get to be a performer for the weekend and he turned right to me and he said you are a performer like you just are one yeah and i think not just same way for same way for you you know just you, you did a show you're a performer it's not like yeah you know you're in the, crowd, the first so. time i've been on stage in like five years and it, i do take to it like water to an extent like 
It's mm-hmm. just, I'm very comfortable in spite of my social anxiety. Like I do like to speak in front of people and like, I really like to try to make people laugh. Like in that side of scenario, like I don't mind if I'm weird or whatever, because that's part of the charm of it all is just to be like a weirdo people are staring at on stage. It's kind of fun. I was afraid that you were going to say that guy was like, well, you don't know, but no, that's a, that's a much nicer way to be about it. Whether like, no, no, you, you're, yeah, you perform. So you're a performer. Yep. Uh, like, no, I'd be like, no, you don't know. I do it all the time, man. It sucks. I thought it's going to go the other way, but no, I'm glad it was more positive. I mean, I can't see myself doing it for a living, but I do enjoy it. And it makes me miss doing like live music and stuff like that. Definitely makes me a little more inclined to try that open mic stand up sometime that I've had on my bucket list for a while. Go for it. I think I will when I can. You can just say the jokes, the same jokes every week, like most of them do. And just wait but until one of them. I will say, on. you know, like I said, the Milkowski, that's what we call our Milkowski house. Cause that's a portmanteau of our last names. Uh, we took home the crown. We have the sash, you know, well, first runner up, but we've got a sash hanging up and she got a few different prizes that we were able to display and stuff. So I still feel like I, I won to an extent and I helped her with her routine. Yeah. Bit, yeah. You're, you're I didn't help her create it. I just helped her execute it. Well, that's cool. I think it was something you're probably going to be doing every year i imagine and looking forward to it i've already got ideas for next year of like yeah. how i would take it up another notch got to start growing the mustache an extra month for next year they don't let you do that you have to everybody has to shave on the same day Shaving yeah but, but i mean the... but but can't you have a i mean shauna had like a fake mustache can you can you do that as well in your act no why not Maybe there's a bit of sexism as far as that's concerned, but no, they wanted to make it as inclusive as possible, but you're not allowed to put, because this, the contest goes way before, like the mustache contest existed. It's it's obviously not appropriate. It's not about growing one on your face, particularly. It used to be like, if you, if it connected to your beard at all, you were disqualified. And if they found any sort of like coloring in it, like if you try to like make it look, it was like it was fuller or whatever, Mm. you get, so a lot of people try to put mascara and stuff in it because you have a limited amount of time to grow it. Oh, to try to make it look thicker. Yeah, anything like that will disqualify you immediately. But to allow everybody to to be able to participate, they do allow fake mustaches. So I guess I could probably argue the fact if I really wanted to. But I'd rather just try to grow my own pathetic mustache because I can. It's true. Anyway, can we go to... John has like a ton of stuff on here. So We got a lot, yeah. I think that's how we'll we'll end it and just not do any new stuff. Because we we talked about Mario. That was was enough, I think. Yeah, I think we're pretty good. But yeah, um, you got a bunch of shit since last week, and and, got a bunch. and last yeah, was, week you you uh, at, at the end of like last week when we talked, it was a shorter one because it was like a Thanksgiving episode. But you were like, "I'm on the cusp of getting all of this," and then you got it like right after. So, yep, yeah, it was you know Cyber Monday, Black Friday, and all that. So I took advantage. Uh, on Monday, I did. I just when I wasn't going to work, um, I made my budget. I talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just kind of finalized it, and I just I hit, I hit hit go, and I got a bunch of stuff. So I got Sifu, uh, and I I really really like this game Sifu. Um, I've you can call it a a, a beat 'em up, but I would say I've never played a beat 'em up quite like it. It's it's a cinematic beat 'em up, is what it really is. Uh, feels like you're playing through a great martial arts movie, and it's not a beat em up in the arcade. I, I think it might be the first beat em up I've played that's not really an arcade game. Like beat em ups really typically are about, you know, just mashing buttons and pulling off 
cool looking moves with a lot of ease and blazing through it. And oh, Mario's Mario's taking the dive over here. I knocked over my stuff. Ooh. My stuff, Mario. Uh, That'd be fine. Wasn't trying to beat you up, Mario. I was trying to talk about beat em ups. So, um, yeah, I think that mostly beat em ups are about blazing through it as fast as you can, and you can't do that with this game. It's the design pretty much tells you to slow down and actually try to behave as if you're a martial artist, uh, which is to say, hang back and wait for the guys to. You got to counter, right? You. Yeah. You have to. You have to counter or dodge, mm. and then you then you strike. And by the way, there's only two strike buttons, which I really like. Like, it doesn't even use all four of the buttons for, you know, you know, high punch, low punch, high kick, low kick, or anything like that. It's just two two buttons. One is a light attack, and the other is a heavy attack. And then you dodge with with the the left triggers, or you you. With, with, you dodge with like Z, ZL and then you counter with regular L and you can dash forward with, with the R triggers. But the control scheme altogether is just, it works eloquently and it makes you feel like, you know, like Bruce Lee said, you're being like water. You're receiving what, you, mm. you know, what is coming at you and then you're going to counter it with an equal and opposite measure. Um, so it, it, it's just, a, it's a beat em up that makes you f- Makes you behave like a martial artist. It's very, very well done. Uh, yeah, um, from what I, from what I saw of it, I liked. I, I like anything. You know, I don't like games that you can just like button mash through. You know, I want I want yeah. stuff that has a little bit more like a, you know, technical aspect to it. Like you know, you know, like the good wrestling games, like the original sixty four ones. You you may think you can button mash with for that, but you can't. If you know what you're doing, you can reverse everything that anybody tries to mash right. at you. You know. And I watched a review of this, and they're like, "Yeah, there's no way you can mash through it. You actually have to understand what's happening, and you have to kind of wait for them to come to you." And I found that incredibly intriguing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, so I did kind of play it initially like a regular beat 'em up, and tried to button mash, and that's when I pretty much got to a point where I couldn't progress through the game anymore. So you might have heard about the aging aspect. I call myself mm-hmm. the aging ninja in the, the, at the top. Um, so instead of just like dying outright. What'll happen is uh, you quote unquote die, and then you can uh, rejuvenate yourself, but it comes at a cost. Every time you rejuvenate yourself, you get a little bit older, a little bit older, a little bit older, until the point where you're basically you're an old man. Mm-hmm. And so, if you've button mashed like I did the first time around, you might get to like the third or fourth level, and then all of a sudden you're just an old man. And uh, you, you can keep, you know, you, you, you would, you will die if, if you get to like 80 or so, uh, and then you'll, you'll die and you can start o- over again, but you'll start as an old man again on level three. And so now you have to, uh, if you want to finish the game, you have to, you have to, again, slow down and really learn how to be a martial artist and play the game expertly. Or you won't get further any further in the game. That's it. Because yeah, um, because your body can't like can't go to like what you're trying to do, right? Is the idea right? Like because you're at a certain age, yeah, and like maybe your body can't like you have the knowledge. But I, I just thought from what I heard, it was like a really good cool that, cool balance, right? Where like uh, yeah. because you're older, you're not going to be able to do the things that you could have done before. So maybe you can't do as much, right? So you have to kind of well, like, my experience yeah. is. is um, 
not not that like like you'll be stifled or any 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 way like that, but because of your age, I think it's mostly age is mostly um, just just an aesthetic. But I think your your ability to take damage gets lessened mm-hmm. a little bit. I feel like that's the case, and then. So you have to, you will essentially have to, if you want to progress in the game, you'll have to basically be an expert and almost not get hit in order to, to progress. To, you'll have to basically be an expert and not get hit in order to progress until the end of the game. You can do that or you can do like I did and just start a new game again and try to try to do better and not button mash. Mm. And I actually, I like that. Some might get frustrated with that and say, oh, I can't get any further. And that's, that's it. I'm just stuck. Well, I feel like it's just encouraging me to, again, slow down and be more of a, like a real martial artist and try to be more deliberate with my movements. So the design is really, really slick and just encourages you to be careful and not button mesh. I like that a lot. And then it, all the movements are just really fluid, too. Like it just the way that you move, the way that they combine different uh, different move sets it all feels very fluid very much like you've just popped into this great martial arts movie um, you'll use the background a lot you'll you have a with a button you leap over tables and you can leap through windows and uh, interact with the environment in various ways and then you've got uh, the b button to pick up different weapons and that of course changes everything so now everything becomes exciting again because when you hit that action button you're holding a bat versus like a crowbar or a sword. Now you're doing all these different things that you hadn't seen before. So you can pull off all these cool, surprising moves. Yeah, it looks really cool. Yeah, I think I think it's well worth it. It's forty bucks. So there's a there's a narrative that you're working through. You're just maybe going to be really destitute by the time you get to the end of it or decrepit. That's correct. There's a narrative that you're working through, and I'll say something about the opening uh, of the game because you know it's it's the first five minutes of the game. So it's not really spoiling anything, but um, you start out as this guy who is infiltrating a house and you're just basically rampaging with your team through this house, uh, taking down everybody that you can. And then uh, you get to basically the Kung Fu master, this older guy, and you fight him. He's like the first boss fight, which is actually the end of the tutorial and teaching you like reiterating all, all the things that you just learned. And so you take him down. And then as soon as you take him down, the game cuts over to this little kid that's hiding under a table. And then that's you for the rest of the game. Okay. You're not the guy who infiltrated the, the house. You're the little kid who just witnessed his dad uh, getting murdered. And so that's how the game starts. And then it, the way that it, it sort of transitions into like the opening credits, what would be the opening credits of, a movie like you can imagine like a kill bill kind of sequence or something like that with the, with the you know the stark colors and contrast as the credits are going it's just very cool the way that they do it uh, you're picking through you're that kid growing up and going through the ranks to get to the uh the quote-unquote bill if this were kill bill uh, you're like taking down these enemies one by one as the credits are going and it's finishing the tutorial uh, this is all very slick and uh, I, I think the whole package is just it's phenomenal. Yeah, this one is one that I'm really, really intrigued by. Like, I think uh, no. I'll definitely get it at some point because, yeah, I've been wanting to play it for a while. Tell us about Atari. 
So Atari, uh, if you like classic video games, I think you do. It's a must buy. It's an absolute must buy. Uh, you, you, you said earlier that this is done by the same guys who did the Ninja Turtles collection, right? Digital Eclipse. The Cowabunga, yeah. The Cowabunga, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I personally, I gave that collection like an A. That was like, that was like a, a, an S tier collection. Like it kind of blew my mind and all that they included and everything. Um, they really went above and beyond. I think everybody, that was the, that was the consensus on that game. That that was the definitive collection. Uh, I think this Atari 50 collection makes that look like a solid B. This is the new like light years beyond uh, leaps and bounds. Uh, they threw everything plus the kitchen sink at this. Uh, this is the new standard for how these game collections needs to be done. To start with, they have 104 Atari games. 104 for 40 bucks. It's a lot. Uh, from every era of Atari, from the from Pong through Jaguar, every system is included, including some computer games. If they, they have a sampling of everything, and they have most of what you would um, expect, aside from licensed games like probably not Activision, Indiana Jones, all that. Probably yeah. no, no Pitfall. No Activision, correct. Yeah, everything that's just solidly Atari and uh, not licensed, it's it's all in there. And just from the game's perspective alone, 104 games from every system, that's a must-buy to me. But they didn't stop there. What they did was they packaged this in a uh, in a history lesson. So you can play those games if you want to, just from selecting selecting them from a list. But if you really want to get the ultimate experience, you go to what they call the timeline. And the timeline will start with, you know, in 1970, Nolan Bushnell founded a little computer company in California called Target Mobile, or Syzygy is what it was first called. Um, and then you move along the timeline uh, to the next point, and it'll say, oh, Pong came out. And not, not only will it tell you about Pong, but you can play Pong right there from the timeline. And then you can move on to Super Break to Breakout. And so Breakout was famously designed by Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. And here's the pamphlets. Here's what the uh, the advertisements to the to the uh, establishments that would house the arcade game, all that. And then you can play Breakout, and it does that for every single uh, year of Atari's existence. So you can play all those games. Uh, in in the chronological order and learning the background, seeing videos right there on the timeline, you'll pop in and see. Um, we all heard like the famous Pong broke. Uh, uh, the, the Pong machine was broken, but it was actually filled with quarters. We all heard yeah. that story. So you get so you get the video from the developers explaining their perspective of that story. What actually happened? Uh, were there sex and drugs at Atari? There's a whole video on did they do drugs at Atari? You see David Crane talking about, you know, his perspective. Oh, not in my department. They Al Alcorn and other guys say, "Oh, yeah, we would smoke." So they, so they would. They have all kinds of videos like that. I, I think Pitfall was it's based just, on the time uh, David Crane fell into a K hole. Uh, he swore yeah. up drugs after that. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and they got just all those little details. The context. That's that's the key word that I would use for this. 
collection what makes it special. The fact that they put everything into context. It's not just a list of games. It's taking you as deep as you could possibly go into the background and 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 giving you an appreciation for what would otherwise be honestly, these are we all know these are simple games. Pong is breakout, right? Oh, yeah, I could play that for you know five, ten minutes. Couple, here and there, a couple you know, seconds. Yeah. A lot of this perceived software it was actual like yeah. hard like you, had, you know, physical boards that were designed to play these games. That's correct. And they even said that at one point on the timeline. They said, um, here's the point where we where it's stopped being just physical boards. And now here's the point where it's programmed in software. So I learned that from this. And then there's the gamification element of the timeline itself, where at the start, every time you fire up the game, you see uh, what percentage through the timeline you are. And it just encourages you to keep going. Well, so so far, I think I'm 30% through uh, section one of the timeline, which is the the arcade and pre-Atari VCS era. So it's truly an interactive history because if you wanted That's to, exactly you, could, what it is. you could play through it that way where you're just doing the, you know, hey, I got up through, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, the river, whatever the river game is where you're rolling mm-hmm. on the river. I don't know. Is Bart is Barnstorm on there? Barnstorm is a great game. Great game. Oh, like Texas Hold'em. I think I saw it on there. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was saying. But it's a encouraging river. me to play every single one. Like whereas on other collections, I might just kind of look at, you know, the box art or play one that was familiar to me and skip the rest. The the fact that they have the timeline with the percentage right there, front and center, when you start up the game. It it just makes you want to play every single thing and get the most that you can out of this dangles this the, package. Dangles the carrot in front of you. No, I, I like the idea of uh, of it being like an interactive documentary. Yeah, like, like I, I like that. And and a lot of this for me, like you know, like I've said before, like a lot of these are kind of, and you said it too, like they're kind of a little simple and you know, a couple seconds with one, you want to move on to the next thing. A, a lot of things for a lot of these collections for me is I want like. I want there to be like achievements based on these like small things like that, like the Pac-Man collection that mm-hmm. I got. Like, I didn't really give a shit that much about Pac-Man, but actually after John got the arcade, I got a little more intrigued by it. But I like that one mm-hmm. because every Pac-Man game had its own set of achievements. So like it gave you reasons to like continue playing each one and you, right. and you, and you won stuff from that that helped you unlock other things later. And that's kind of how I want games to work for me yeah. is like give, give, give me too, give me a reason actually, to play it so i can earn things that will give me other things you know there's actually uh there's hidden games in there so on the timeline right now there's certain spots that are just uh, uh or not on the timeline but on the game on the game uh remember i said you could you could look through a list of games um there's certain spots that are just an atari manila envelope with like classified or something written on it and there's certain ways they, they, they give you hints as to how to unlock these games. So I don't know what, what they are, but I'm going to unlock everything and I'm encouraged to just play 100% of, of this Atari collection. I think it's worth getting, if only just to see how these packages can and should be done. Especially for like Atari, because like there's been so many different collections of Atari. Like, so many. Or like, yeah. or, or like, or like, was it like the Namco Museum, but it's pretty close, you know, like. We, I feel like we've seen these in so many different fucking collections, and it's like... Like 20 years. Especially for like... PlayStation 2, yeah. Well, especially for something like Atari, though, that's so simple, is you have to, find a, have to find a way to make it interesting to people, especially to people who didn't 
who weren't alive in this time or weren't like playing fucking yeah. breakout at the arcades in 82 or whatever, you know, like yeah. you have to make it interesting to somebody like me who just wants to catch Pokemon or whatever. And you this, know, like, uh, this is yeah. it. They never have to make another one of these again. All they have to do is re-release the Atari 50 collection, you know, on future consoles. They'd never have to do this again. Yeah. This is, they perfected I'm it. I'm sure this is yeah. everything. There's nothing more. They left nothing unsaid. I mean, I, if I, I feel like if you want to play Atari in any way, this is the way that you play it. I mean, there's no other way to do it. Like, cause it's not, yeah, it's not going to be as good in any other way, for sure. So I wanted to mention a couple of the games that I played. One uh, I referenced at the top was an, a Lynx game. Yeah, they got Lynx on there. Uh, it's Basket Brawl. And that was just funny because it's it's, imagine like Arch Rival. It's not quite, it's not NBA Jam level. It's not that good. But it's like arch rivals, but you can like pick up a knife and stab the other guys. So it's like so funny to see these little Lynx characters, but then they're like they're cutting each other up. If you can, if you can be uh, way archier than our regular arch rivals, right? It's like it's like cool make it even worse. Time. So digital, I should have mentioned digital Eclipse made. I think it's six total brand new games to include on this collection. Like for instance, there's a uh, Quadra Tank, which is an update of the Atari Classic Tank. Um, and there's a, what's the other cool one that I played? Uh, there's, there's Haunted House, which is like a, I think it's the most like modern looking game on the collection. Like it's in, in 3D and stuff. You're searching around the house and trying not to get uh, attacked by ghosts or something. But the coolest one that I've tried of the new games was one called Vector Sector, which was meant as it's a it's a wholly original game uh, that is made up of like imagine you mash all the Atari Vector games together, Asteroids, uh, Battle Zone, um, Lunar Lander, and you kind of like sample bits from each of these games all mashed together with a more modern uh, sort of neon vibe to it. It's it was really fun. And I'm gonna keep going back to that one. There was one actually. Now that I mentioned it, famously, Atari had these three games that were supposed to be it supposed to be a, a quadrilogy, but they never made the fourth game. It was uh, Earth World, Fire World, Water World, and then the fourth one was supposed to be Air World. But uh, you know, these Atari, were D and D based games, right? I forget what they're exactly supposed to be, but you know, it's it's, it's like fantasy type. Things. There was a whole contest at the time where you could win actual like expensive uh, uh, treasures, like a crown and a sword and all that. Yeah, you could win uh, a bejeweled sword, <laughs> right? And so they never actually finished the the series because Atari, uh, you know, the, the the crash and all that stuff. So Digital Clips took it <laughs> upon themselves to look at the documents and actually make the game from scratch. So they ma- they made Airworld. So if you if you were an Atari fan forty years ago and you never got to finish that series, well now you can. Actually, I think that's like the cherry on top of this whole thing that they actually did that. No, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, that they actually could finish stuff that was that was started. And I mean, that's that's going that extra mile for sure. So that's it that I got for the Switch. Any thoughts on that, Jeremy? You you wanted to hear about both those games? Does that convince you one way or another? Kind of like reassures me that probably if I was going to want to buy something immediately, I'd go for Atari. But if I was waiting for a sale, 
Because I, I want to learn more about Sifu, and I know that's it's just its own special thing that was converted really well. And and, 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 and don't forget that Sifu actually was released this year. So I mean, yeah, it's yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, it was released at the beginning of the year, but it was still like it, it's a port, but it's still like in the same year, you know. Like I think the first Sifu, mm-hmm. what Sifu was like February or something like that. But yeah. I do, I do think it's Whereas cool the that Atari it, ones were released that it like got fifty years ago. Well, I'm, you know, I'm talking about like you know, I'm talking about Nintendo port like Persona Five, like came out like seven mm-hmm. years ago or whatever, and now it's you know now it's finally on Switch. But I mean, I'm saying Sifu is still relevant because it did come out this year. Is all I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know. But I do really, really, really want to play that game for sure. I mean, the Atari thing seems very intriguing to me, but I'm afraid that I'll just play it a couple times and that'll be it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that timeline will be will be effective. You know, at least I'm finding it, you know, enticing to, to want to play through the whole thing because of that. So I got some other stuff. Um, you actually, I've got, got a ton of shit apparently. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I took advantage of Cyber Monday. One goal was to get all my old consoles hooked up, so I bought. Some stuff to make that happen. Uh, I bought an AV to HDMI converter. I got a switcher that hooks up eight consoles. Um, I still need to find a way to, to get the, the coaxial systems. But so, up, which I think I might have to get a VCR. So I so I I saw this on there, and you're just doing this for like your for like the old school stuff, right? For your like um before the NES shit, mm-hmm. right? Right. So well, I know like the, the NES. I got the the AV. Cl- uh, I was saying that uh, yeah, the NES that, ones yeah. have have AV plugs, so you can do that. But you, but you're you're talking about ColecoVision and stuff like that, right? So that like one, for the old, that old, one in my yeah. Genesis, yeah. Your Genesis doesn't have a doesn't have AV plugs. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, no, uh, mine, I I, yeah, mine do, mine does, but I don't know which model I have. I thought it was one of the earlier ones, but I was just curious, like, because you have to. I mean, I've watched my VHS on an HD TV, and it looks like shit. But I was watching like tapes, you know, like VHS. VHS tapes, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, so I would hook it up just to just because a VCR is a common way that has a, a coax in and sure, AV yeah, out. AV out, yeah. No, no, I, so I then I would take that, that AV out and yeah. plug it into the switcher box, and then the switcher box with all the consoles and the VCR would have the uh, AV to HDMI converter at the end. So hopefully that would look all right. Yeah, um, yeah, but then I got some cable management stuff. Uh, I got some clips and like silicon wire holders that you clip to the back of your entertainment center and run the wires through so it looks all neat. Sure. And uh, yeah, some other unexciting stuff like, you know, power strip with 16 outlets and some Velcro ties. Uh, I'm getting uh, speaker mounts so I can put my speakers up uh, like above the ceiling or above by the ceiling. And uh, I wanted to get like a I want to make basically make like a, a controller charging station. So I got one of those multi USB yeah. uh, charging things. I'll just set it on top of the the uh, uh, dresser or something. I, I, I have some, I have something kind of like that actually in, in my office here. I have a tri. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically it's it's a handheld charger. So it has three different. Okay. It basically charges a DS, Game Boy Advance, and PSP, and they're all I tape them all together. And they're all plugged into the wall. So I have one cable with three outlets on the top where I can plug in my, my, my DS or my Game Boy Advance or my PSP. I basically made it so I could like easily just charge stuff in the room. And, and I still I still use it. It's right by my TV over here. But yeah, it, it just reminded me that it's like a multi... It's basically I had put multiple, multiple plugs in the wall and just taped the front. And then I just have all these different plugs on the top and I just plug whatever I need to have in there. 
right? I just got tired of like saying, oh, I wanted to play, you know, this NSO game, but then that NSO controller was not charged. Yeah. So that's a solution for that. Well, I guess all, I mean, all, all the NSOs use uh, USB-Cs, right? Which I have USB-C yeah. chargers all over the place in this apartment as well. So that helps because I got one in the other mm-hmm. room and one in here and one in the bedroom also. And I got one in my travel bag as well. So just because, yeah. Everything uses that. I just need my phone to use it too, and then everything will be great. Right. <laughs> I bought a new coffee table, which uh, has controller storage. It's kind of cool because there's a split down the middle of the table, and you like lift uh, part of the table up, which has become can become like a desk if you're sitting at the at the couch. You like lift up over your lap, and then so I'm put the controllers inside the coffee table there for easy access. Uh, I have a couch that I'm gonna get. I didn't buy it because it's not available, but I got my eye. I got my eye on that, and then uh, some podcasting equipment. And the, the couch looks cool. I was saying, uh, you, you should get yeah, get, get, get a nice couch. It's, you, you should get one. Yeah, I'm saying that for a while. So I to, get a nice couch. I wanted to get that one because it also uh, it's a sofa bed, and, and but the only sofa bed that I've seen that I could actually sit on, like if I wanted to lay on it, sometimes. Sure. So, Make it comfortable. Uh, then I got some podcast equipment. It's a I got a another charging station for the podcast room, and I bought some soundproof panels as well as a new cord, so I can actually get on my better mic next week. Yeah, we yeah. We're, we're still in the headphones here, but they sound fine. I still think. on the headphones. Yeah. All right. Well, I got cool. media shelves. That's the last thing. So I got two media shelves, so I'll be able to put all my games out. Got a bunch of stuff. Nice. So hopefully, you'll actually be able to you'll be able to play some old school stuff. Do some retro things, maybe maybe from future for future Patreons in the in the future, future events such as these will affect you in the future and those Patreons. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, that Pull type of thing. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy knew what I was getting at there, but uh, but yeah. Um, anyway, I think uh, I think we're good for this episode. Um, we talked about the Mario thing, so we're good. But yeah, yeah we're good. thanks everybody for listening to this episode. Anyway, thanks for listening to this episode of uh, Nintendo Main Podcast episode 349. And make sure and check out Dylan Gregory at Backstage Gaming and all that. And I'll, and I'll put, you know, put the, put the the Twitter, as long as Twitter still exists on there. Which it's, you know, it's still going. But yeah, and, and I'll, you know, repost it and all that stuff. And it was great. He was on there. And uh, if you want to hear our, you know, our our, uh, our extra Patreon stuff, go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. Uh, just posted last night our uh, one and done episode that we just did where we talk about our favorite games that only got one game and never got a sequel. It's pretty good. It's got a great soundtrack to it as well. So take a listen to that. Also, there's like a free 20 minute preview of it on the free feed. Check that out. And also, uh, you can find Jeremy and I on Twitter at Nintendo underscore domain and at JMAXStack. And you can also find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and at Twitch at twitch.tv slash Nintendo Main Podcast. I, I failed you because I said I was going to do Sonic Frontiers, but I was way too sick to do it. So I did not stream it this week, but I will do it next week, especially because there's some, some new free content coming out for that. And I'll be excited to do it. But yeah, twitch.tv slash Nintendo Main Podcast. Find me on there. And uh, we've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. I'm Trey Mikowski. John Litter. And thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya!